across the UK, online and on DAB. Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Talk Radio. Men who wear their phones on their belts are perverts. The idiots that climb to the top of tall buildings. Before that, though... We've only got Chris Difford from Squeeze coming on the phone. I cannot believe it. 0344 499 Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Late Nights, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Seventy-five. 
Good evening, dear listener. Ian Lee, Late Nights on Talk Radio. That is 1975 by Chris Dippard. Chris Dippard, of course, of course, of course, you'll know him from Squeeze. Some marvellous solo records as well. And I'm absolutely thrilled to say Chris is on the phone. Evening, Chris. Good evening. I'm going in with a risky opener. That song sounds like you're channeling your inner Gary Glitter. <laughs> Do you know? And you know what I mean by that. It's got that. It's got that kind of big, heavy drum sound and the kind of glitter stomp. Well, it has, and uh, it's quite apt to nineteen seventy-five tonight after the Brit Awards when nineteen seventy-five seemed to have created such a fuss. The band that is. Well, have you, have you watched the Brits? I've missed it because I I just feel like an old man now, Chris. I don't I don't understand. I don't you know pop music doesn't speak to me. The modern pop music, because I'm old. It's not meant to. Well, it doesn't speak to me either, particularly. But um, you know, I, uh, those are sort of music business events that Squeeze never get invited to. Do you feel a bit? Um, do, do you feel that you, you're overlooked as Squeeze? Because I talk to people about Squeeze, and everyone acknowledges brilliant songwriting, brilliant hits. But I just kind of I feel as as a fan and as someone on the outside that. You kind of just pushed to the side a little bit when you should be up there with the likes of um, the Kinks, you know, that kind of great British songwriting. Well, I, I think we've had our day in, the, day in the sun many, many times, and we still do. I mean, Cradle to the Grave, which came out a couple of years yeah. back, uh, I think is possibly one of the one of Squeeze's best albums. So it's not like we're sort of buried and, and, and sort of left in the uh, dust. We're, we're still writing songs and there. We're still enjoying being in a band. The uh, Cradle to the Grave, of course, the time with the um, the Danny Baker series. Excellent yeah. album, excellent programme. Yeah. I think they're repeating it at the moment. How did that come about? Yeah. You're friends with Danny, aren't you? Did he just phone you up and say, can you do us a record? Well, Danny and I went to the same school uh, together. So we had, when I read his book, I just felt the same kind of feelings as he did. Yeah. And um, when he wrote the script with Jeff Pope for the TV series, he approached Glenn and I to to work on it, and uh, it was a dream, and it just came at the right the right time for us. Those books are, uh, uh, when my mum, my mum got very ill, she, she came out the other side, but she got very ill, she was in hospital, and I said, mum, oh, look, do, okay. do you want me to, do you want me to, I'll bring some books and read to you if you want, she goes, oh, can you bring that Danny Baker book? And if anyone's no. read it, it, yeah, yeah, and I had to read it out loud in an intensive care unit. And How it's, wonderful. It's, and and she was, laugh, oh, mate, it, it made her laugh so much, but also, there's loads, you know, Danny writes like he speaks, so it's filthy and it's full of swear words, and we were just cackling away on this ward, it was a joy, you know. It's a beautiful thing. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a gift to himself. He really he? is. He's, he's an un- unusual talent. Now, the first time I saw you, Chris, first time I saw you live was, um, I don't even know what year it was, maybe 1989, at Ali Pali, supporting um, the Kinks. Yes, so I remember doing that, sh- that uh, show, and we did, a, we did a Kinks song in our set, and they were not amused. Um, <laughs> were they not? I don't know, I think, because they didn't, they thought maybe we were taking the mickey or something, which we weren't, we were just honouring them, because they are, you know, such an incredible band. Yeah, it was just, it was a strange, I mean, it was a great lineup. it was you, Voice of the Beehive, I can't remember who else, and Kinks, and um, it was mm. a cracking night, but yeah, there was, I mean, the, the Ray, when you do those kind of gigs, do you get, are you hanging out backstage with Dave Davis and Ray Davis, or are they, you know, were they acting the superstars? 
Um, from what I remember of that show, I think they came and went pretty quickly. They didn't really hang about. And yeah. there's, it's a big, you know, it's a fictitious thing, really, that bands all knock about together yeah. and they're all mates. You know, that that's the dream that I sort of had when I was a kid. But when I grew up and got on top of the pops, I quickly discovered that bands just keep themselves to themselves because they're too sort of shy, I think. Well, when I was a, a teenager and starting bands, everyone thought, of course, that bands were like the monkeys and that they all lived yeah. together and they had crazy adventures and then they'd have hit records. What was it that got you into it, Chris? What What were you listening to as a kid and you, and you that kind of made you think, I wouldn't mind having a go at this? Well, when I first got into the small faces and, and the whole, you know, the whole idea of being in a band was, was like being in a gang. I lived on a council estate and I was already in a gang. Yeah. I thought, well, if I put music to this, it'll be a musical gang and it'll work. And it, it kind of did because Squeeze, particularly for the first um, four or five years, was definitely very much a gang of, of people that were just going around town having a, a really wonderful uh, time and playing music and earning a craft. Yeah. So it was brilliant, you know. Do you remember the first song you wrote? Well, the first song that I wrote with Glenn um, was called Hotel Woman and it wasn't really one that we would <laughs> cherish but it, it, but it was the one that got us off our, off our asses, if you like. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, it, it, people, people may not recognise this but you were also, Squeeze, were huge in the States. You played like Madison Square Garden and stuff, didn't you? We played there three times. We also played Meadowlands, which is a huge yeah. outdoor gig. Yeah. Um, and we still are big, though. We just yeah. come back from the sixth week tour. And, you know, as you get older, it gets harder to go on those tours. But I have to say, they're still there. The people are still warm. And they love the squeeze. So, you know, I'm very, very lucky. Do you enjoy the tours? Because you write a delicious blog uh, on, on the website, chrisdifford.com. It's, you know, about, yeah. about touring, about how it's... Di it's really interesting seeing you compare it with, with how it is now, as, as uh, I think you're 60, compared to when you were 25. Yeah, I've got a book coming out later in this, this uh, year. And uh, in the book, I sort of touch upon the fact that when you're when you're younger and you're going out on the road you don't really think and you don't have time to consider what's going on and there aren't any distractions you're just 100 percent in a band and then when you get older you've got kids and the internet and there's news and, yeah. you know you're kind of distracted at every step and i sort of in a way pine for those uh, days those simple days um you've got a box set coming out as well haven't you that's coming out the, the, where are we february next month it come, yeah, box set on Demon Records, which I'm very, very proud of. What's, um, what's on it? Chris, Chris to the Mill, it's called. What 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 can we expect from that? <laughs> uh, well, it's got my three um, solo albums. Not my new solo album, but my three albums from the past. And um, it's lovingly put together by my brother, actually, Lou, and uh, his friend Val, who runs Demon Records. They did a, span, a spangling job of it all. I think... Do you know? I think I know Val. Is he? He's um, he's got. Gra <laughs> this is going to sound really vague. He's got grey hair and glasses, hasn't he? He has. Oh yeah, I, man. I know. I know man. Val because I'm a huge Monkeys fan, and he released some Mike Nesmith stuff. He did some stuff he with did, Nesmith. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah, he did a brilliant, brilliant collection of records. He yeah. did, and he's, um, he's, he's a very, I, I don't know him particularly well, but I've met him a few times. Very quiet gentleman, but he knows his music, and he knows, he, he puts together really good packages, uh, <laughs> again, it sounds yeah. at top-notch prices. You know, it, 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 it's, it, you get yeah. good value for your money with him. Well, I never thought of having a box set. I mean, you know, that's kind of like the end, isn't it, in some ways, but it, it's, it's not, because it's just clarifying what i've done from the uh, past and yeah. there's lots to be going on with um and you're doing this you've got a solo tour coming up is that when you, when it's solo when you say solo do you mean it's just you and a guitar yeah it's turned into a bit of a stand-up actually i sort of tell more jokes and, and tell tales more than i play because i don't have the kind of record i don't have the sort of musical um fine tuning that people like glenn do so yeah. you know i can sort of comp- telling tales and having a bit having a bit of fun and uh yeah I've, I've got dates all over the place through this summer and then squeeze go out on the road in september which i'm really looking forward to um, i'm i'm trying to gonna i'm gonna try and come along to uh, to some of the dates yeah, um, yeah, yeah i'd love to man i definitely i'd love to uh, is it um is it still as much fun playing with Squeeze? Obviously, it's different, and we've talked about the kids and the, the you know, the fact that every, everyone's a bit older. But I mean, when you're pulling, uh, when you're playing, uh, uh, pulling muscles from a shell, or, or uh, mm. you know, w- mm. one of those songs, do you sometimes yeah. find yourself going through the motion? I always wonder when I see a band that's doing the biggest hits. I wonder if they're enjoying it or if they're doing it because they know they have to do it. Do it every second of it because yeah. the band is so brilliant, and being on stage with with Glenn and with the band that we have is an inspiration. And it took me quite a few years to to discover that, which yeah. sounds a bit odd. But there was a period where I just went, "Oh God, we're just getting from one end of the set to the other." But but now I can actually say that you know every minute of being on stage is a golden is a golden time because these days don't come back, and you have to just eat. Eat, eat them up when they come along. Um, the song we played at the start, 1975, I love it. Is is How how true is that to you? Is there a little bit... Cause I, you mentioned lines about going to rehab and the empty rooms yeah. and all that. Is that is that all true? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a very... The thing about the my solo stuff, um, it's more about me than the squeeze stuff. Mm. The squeeze stuff is more about us. It's a sort of... Uh, it's, it's, it's looking at a, a life from a completely different focus. So when I do my own things, I can be a bit more honest, I suppose, and leave my heart on my sleeve. And sometimes to my de- detriment, perhaps. But um, well, I was going to say, anyway. do you not? Do you never worry about revealing too much? You, you know, you're, you're, with a song like that, you're basically saying your life is your art. You know, you're, you're prepared to share everything. Well, as a songwriter, you do, I think, and that's, that's been the story of my life is to is to let people in, I suppose. And it's only just in the last 10, 15 years that I've realised that that is what people want. You know, people want to know about your world and where you've come from or what you do. And, yeah. you know, and, and, and that's, a, that's, a, that's a wonderful uh, thing. Um, and do you still... When you get, do you get inspiration for songs now? Obviously you do, because you're writing new songs. When do you get it? Do you, do you have, like, a notepad by your bed or do you, do you go into mm. the office at 9 o'clock and say, right, I'm not leaving until I've got a verse? Um, yeah, I'm pretty, um, my working hours are, are kind of more evenings these, these days. Uh, I go into my office about five or six o'clock and I don't come out until mid, mid, midnight, one o'clock. Yeah. And, um, 
I can feel everything sort of slowing down at that point of the day and things become quieter and it gives my head a bit more space. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't carry a notebook, which I should do because that's a naughty thing. But um, but I do <laughs> try and I do I do try and remember the things that pop into my head, and, and then and then when I get home or wherever I'm going, I tend to type type them out. Uh, what was the last CD that you listened to, Chris? If you do CDs, I'm assuming you still do CDs. I do. Uh, yeah, Chris Wood. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's, no, he's a wonderful. Uh, folk artist but he's can he's contemporary right and uh he's from faversham in kent yeah that means anything to anybody and uh he, he's brought out a record so much to de- defend yeah and um i can't rate him highly highly enough he's an incredible storyteller yeah and uh i find it very moving listening to his songs his lyrics are absolutely brilliant Chris, listen, man, as a music fan, you know, it's a thrill to talk to you. ChrisDifford.com is the website. Honestly, you you have got, with Squeeze and with the solo stuff, you've got one of the best back catalogues, you know, in music history. And it's, you know, all those Squeeze albums, everyone's a winner. You know, there's hardly a dud in there. Hardly a dud song on there. They're all great. Um, I wish you the best of luck with the tour. The box set, Chris to the Mill, is coming out soon. And um, when the book's done, we'll, uh, you know, come on and give that a plug as well. All right. Lovely. I'd love to come on live. Oh, mate. Hang on a second. Hang on, Catherine. Clip that. Send that to him. He said he's coming on live. Chris, man, (laughs) I've got a big grin on my face. Come in, bring a guitar, and um, you can stay all night if you want. Nice one, man. Thank you very much. Cheers, Chris. Bye-bye. What a lovely gentleman. What? Oh, and he snuck that in at the end. Don't let him forget that, Catherine. He said it. That is contractually blinding. He's going to come in and play some songs. Yes, please. <laughs> oh, that'll do. That'll do. <laughs> oh, how lovely. Fantastic. Thank you, Chris. Chris Difford from Squeeze. Um, I'm looking forward to that book. 0344-499-1000 is the telephone. Oh, he wouldn't have said it if he didn't mean it. He wouldn't have said it if he didn't mean it. This is Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. If you've got a Rage Yard diary, tick it now for crying out loud. We need as many ticks in those bloody diaries as we can get. 0344-499-1000. The phones are open. Do you, or your dad, wear your mobile phone on your belt? If you do, you are a pervert. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Oh, 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 he's going to come in and do some songs. Holding you to that, Difford. Um, good evening, dear listener. This is Late Nights with Ian Lee. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Um, in a few minutes, we're going to be. Um, uh, well, there's a big story in the papers about these idiots that climb up the top of buildings um, and take pictures of themselves and YouTube themselves. Well, we've got we've got someone who does it. We've managed to track down someone who does it. Absolute bells, the lot of them. One of them's coming on. Uh, later on, we're going to be talking about Maddie. Uh, but you can give us a call now on anything you want. 0344-499-1000 is the phone number. Good evening, Pablo. How do? How do? Yeah, I thought I'll, I'll leave uh, attempts at comedy to one side for the evening. Yeah, that's probably um, for the best. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I've got a, a, quite a, an issue. I've just been reminded that I'm supposed to go to a wedding in April down in Norwich. Oh, yes. Um, I'm going to have to go by myself. You've got a cold, haven't you? A bit of a cold. Yeah, yes. listen, how, because I went to give a talk in Gloucester on Monday, 
And the woman I was meeting there, she had a cold. How do people, how does a cold transmit itself? When mm. Gloucester, they're all submerged halfway in a puddle, aren't they? That's... When what? Well, Dr. Foster, you went to Gloucester. Mate, you me. said you weren't going to do any jokes, Sorry. and there's Sorry. a really good Sorry. reason for that. Try yeah, and stick to it. Try and stick to it, Pablo. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I apologise. Thank you. No, I, I don't know. Just uh, coughs and sneezes. Spread diseases. Indeed. I stopped myself there just in case that was taken as an attempt at humour. Coughs and sneezes spread diseases. Hats and shades spread. No, they don't. <laughs> Pablo, no, no, you no. telling me about a wedding? Well, yeah, no, it, it's just, uh, and I've realised that um, I'm going to have to go by myself, uh, young family and all that. It's yep, not really conducive. Yep, yep. It's mid. It's midweek as well. What? Yeah, it's like a Wednesday. No, mate. No, 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 no. No one has a wedding on a Wednesday. A Friday, I think, is taking the mick because it's several grand cheaper, but I'll let you off on a Friday, sort of, but I probably won't go. A wedding on a Wednesday? Well, that's it, so I'm, I'm, and I'm going to have to... I haven't... Um, it's outrageous. Well, probably from both sides. I haven't necessarily kept in massive touch over... You know, seen, seen her every time she's been up um, in the area. That's um, almost as bad, if not worse, than getting married abroad. Well, in Norwich, um, you know, um, but yeah, it's, so it's, it's, it's either I'm going to get a train or a plane, which is going to be expensive, or I'm going to have to reconnect with some people I haven't talked to oh. in a while who may potentially be going, and if they're going, try and catch a lift, which means several hours in a car with somebody I probably haven't spoken to in several years. I don't understand why you're going to this wedding. It's, it's kind of like a duty, well, not a duty, but I mean, obviously she's, she's a good friend, in, in that respect, she's just yes. lived in Norwich yes. for like 20 years, so, yes. and I'm quite cheap, so you know, I, I once got a National Express down there, it took like 16 hours or something. So it, The worst National that. Express ever did, it wasn't National, well, it might have been National Express, actually, was um, London to Edinburgh, and you do it overnight, and it, I think it takes like eight hours or nine hours, and the coach leaves at about 11 o'clock at night, so you sleep supposedly, and then you get in at about 7 o'clock in the morning, some, 10 till 7, something like that. And it is the most miserable, soul-destroying experience I have ever, ever had. Yeah, it only costs like 8 quid, but flipping heck, your soul is crushed by it. Oh, my, my, my last, well, I'd say it was about 20 years ago, but my last visit to, to Norwich was much like that. But it, it took about 16 hours because there was a stopover in London for about four or five hours. Oh. But it, we got in about half past four in the morning. Yeah. So I was basically just wandering the streets of Newcastle. Yeah. Uh, Newcastle of London. I saw my first Gap shop. Oh, you know, yeah. that was a new thing at yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, Baby Gap, what's all this about? Yeah. Baby Gap. Mind the Baby Gap. Um, and, then, and then I basically went into HMV and just played... Uh, uh, you know, uh, played a wrestling game and just beat all comers. Uh, children are rubbish at computer games back then. Yeah. They're probably a bit better now. Um, but yeah, so, but now, obviously I'm a grown-up, so I'll have to fly or get a train. Um, it sounds hellish, but, Pablo. Just, just, f don't do it. Don't go. I've got to do it, Ian. It's, it's, it's the right thing to do. Pablo, it's, you uh, don't have to do anything you don't want to do, my friend. Pete, good evening, Pete. Evening. Evening, Pete. Ian, hello. Um, I wanted to know if you saw the sort of big viral video that's going on today, social media doing the rounds. Ha have, a, have, a guess, have a guess whether I saw it or not. Uh, I, I, I would say, I don't know, yeah? No, yeah. Uh, okay. 
Well, it was a great video, probably my fave one of the year. Um, and I, it's, it's actually split people down the middle because what happened was yes. there's a cyclist and I'm driving on the side of the road. And there's a what? Say um, again, your phone's going, um, going, sound like a warped tape. There's a what? A cyclist. Yes. On the side of the road. Yes. And uh, a van pulls up beside her and Cat calls her. Yes. And uh, she rips the wing mirror off. Right. And it's basically split people down the middle. Some people on the side of the cyclist, some people on the side of the guy in the van. I'm I'm on the I'm on neither I'm on neither side. No, no. Well, well, they the, the men shouldn't have shouted, and she shouldn't have vandalised their car. I'm being told. I'm being reliably informed. It was staged. Oh, yeah. You oh. see, you're you're just as bad as Paul Watson and his um, racist followers. I'm not calling you a racist, <laughs> um, but you're you're believing everything you see online. Oh, I, I yeah, I believed it. Whose side were you, were you on? Well, I, I I don't think a decent person has ever catcalled, have they? No, but then again, um, you can't condone van- vandalising vehicles. That's true. I don't think that's either. I think both of them come out of it um, uh, come out of it terribly, if it were real. That's the bottom line. If it were real, Pete, that is indeed the bottom line. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Coming up, we're going to talk to one of those idiots that climbs to the top of buildings, and I'm going to put him in his place. Late nights with Ian Lee. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Now, oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. By the way, I'd love to get your thoughts on this. You can call in about this. Of course, you can call in about anything. Um, but there seem to be more and more of these stories happening all the time. These idiots. That, um, that break into buildings, generally at night time, like the Empire State Building, or, or, or here it's, um, uh, now is this, I, I never know, oh, Canary Wharf Tower. Um, and then they climb to the very, very top, um, using the stairs and stuff, I imagine, first, and then they get to the top, and then they take pictures of them hanging off the edge, you know, like bell ends. It's, it's page three of the mail, so it's in all the stories, but page three of the mail. Insanity at 770 feet. Youth's Canary Wharf selfie stunt sparks security probe. Perched 770 feet above London, a youth poses on top of Canary Wharf's tallest building as the wind whistles round his hoodie. While most people would think the stunt reckless, he bragged about it. The youth, thought to be Harry Gallagher, 19, said in a video posted on the YouTube, Guys, I'm actually speechless. This is insane. I can't believe we're actually up here. Crazy! As his accomplice's camera panned to show the night view of the capital from the building, One Canada Square, he added, My heart is pounding! Well, it, it would have to be. You can literally see the whole of London! He and his masked companion, known only as Dibs, Call themselves, <laughs> call themselves Nightscape. Oh man! Yeah, this is my mate Dibs. Um, I'm Harry, and we are Nightscape. I mean, this is rubbish, isn't it? They've already risked their lives scaling several other tall buildings. Uh, this time, they filmed themselves as they scaled a security barrier, barrier, apparently setting off an alarm. Then took a lift and stairs to the roof of the fifty-story skyscraper. Um, and it, I mean. Right. A, it's dangerous. B, it's stupid. C, someone might hurt themselves. And D, what kind of thicko would do this? It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, we tried to get Dibs, we tried to get Harry, but we couldn't get hold of them. But we have, we have, we have. Thanks to a little bit of detective work, 
and um, finding a Facebook group, we have got one of these idiots that does this type of stunt. Um, it's Egregious W. Good evening, Egregious. Mate, I'm a bit funny, yeah, but, I, like, I, like, whoever, like, your person rang me up, yeah, to send, like, we're just going to discuss this. So far, yeah. you've called people who do what I do, an idiot and a bellend. Well, I think you're an idiot I mean, and a bellend. What's your, what, what was the name you were given at birth? I, I doubt you cr- My name, my name, yeah, is Egregious W. Right, that's not my real, my real name. Like, I, I don't want to say it. It's Anthony Ferrell. I don't, but I don't, uh. All right, well, can I call you Anthony? Um, all right. All right. So my crew, yeah, well, because I'm not with them people, yeah. Let me just say that right. You're now. not I'm one not of the nightshades. I'm not. No, I'm not one it's of the nightshades. Night I, I hang with them. Them Catford mischiefs. The Catford mischiefs. Them. Them Catford mischiefs. Them Catford mischiefs. Yeah. And what are the names of some of the other people in your posse, egregious W? There's uh, unfeasible F. I'm well, Thomas. Oh, that was well. That was just like one week. It wasn't very well. Why do you? Why do you do this? Where? What build? Okay. What buildings? Mate, I've been doing it. H- I've been doing it for years. What <sighs> buildings have went? What buildings have you climbed up? Right. Here's the thing. Yeah, I'm not like a base because there's like base jumpers. Yes. Who like go up tall buildings and like jump off them? I'm a I'm a low I'm a low base jumper. Right. Like steps. Low walls. So you, some railings, but like no, like is that so park? That's pools, what we right? call. I've been park. up some pools. I've been up some pools. I've been up some pools. Right. Well, how did you get? How do you get up there? Well, like, it was a gift shop, but like, you have to listen. I've been doing this for years. Yeah, but you haven't actually gone very high. Yes, I have. I have. What's the highest? Darren. That's not his name. His name's Rizzle Brizzle. Um, Driz- Darren. Rizzle Brizzle. Dar- it's called Darren. What right? is the highest? Darren, you- last week, yeah? Yes. He took me up the shard. And do you know what? I quite liked it. Anyone ever taken you up the shard? Um, I love it. I have not been taken up the, up the shard. Sh- I have I'll not. Take you up the shard anytime. I've got videos on high eight, bruv. I've been doing this for like. Untold time. What's the thrill, egregious? What, what, what's the buzz at doing this, at being so stupid? I tell you, I tell you what it is, yeah? It's the danger. Yeah. So, like, and it's like a rush. Yeah. So you get, like, addicted to the danger. It's like driving too fast or eating old hummus. Just the rush of the danger. You could kill yourself, you know that. And also, I've got kids. Mate, uh, listen, I, I've shut got up, shut up. Last week. Oh. Shut up and listen to me. I've got Almost. kids, right? And my kids will see this kind of stuff and they might think that it's cool to um to climb up these buildings yeah. and stuff and jump we, off we, and I and I and I don't want prepared to do the initiation. They can join them Catford mischiefs. I don't want them joining them Catford mischiefs. <laughs> this guy is this guy for real? This is the biggest idiot I've ever spoken to. And I've spoken to Nigel from Maidstone. I don't want them joining them Catford mischiefs. Mate. Like, you're out of control. What is wrong with you? <laughs> you are not, I'm not out of control. You're, 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 you're the one shrieking. Do you not really? nice and calm, having a Do nice you? Yeah, you're probably, you're probably nice. stoned. I'm not stoned. You sound stoned. I, I, I mean, it's, it's a small room. Do you not realise that you're putting your life at risk? 
And supposing you I, fell off, you fell off a building and, and fell onto someone like a blind man with a guide dog. You would kill both no, of them. I would, I would use no because I thought about that. Like if I fell, if I fell off a building, yeah, and there was like a blind person there or whatever, like underneath. Yes. Or better, yeah, because you haven't thought this through as much as I have. Like a deaf person who couldn't hear me shout and look out, mate. I'm above. Up. Look up here. Because it's at night, uh, like so, so like a deaf, a deaf man and his um, blind yeah, yeah, wife and, and their guide dog. About this. No, because I wear like I wear quite a loose fitting hoodie, where I can spread like a flying Slip squirrel. It, heck, this guy is nuts. And I can like no, because I'm not going to fly. That is going to work. Away from the deaf so you blind you weather. think that by wearing like a hoodie with wings, you can steer yourself yes, away from a well, deaf person. Yes. Yes, like, I'm not talking about flying like rocking. I'm talking about, like, three or four foot. Oh, God. Have you ever been arrested, Egregious? Mate, I've been arrested all the time. All the police know me. Everyone knows me. The bloke up Greg knows me. Everyone knows who I am. Right. So what happens when you get... What, what happened the last time you got arrested? Um, they, they, they said, hello, what are you doing up here? And I was like... Nothing, like, it's just my my business. And then I was like, right, you're nicked. I'm like, how's that even fair? And then they just, like, put a little, um, I had to go and, like, clean out drains and that for a week. I think Which actually wasn't that bad. I think you're an idiot. Um, de- I think you're an idiot, mate. Because no. here's the thing, right? Everyone wants the attention now, right? And do you know who I blame for this? Stampy Longhead. Who the hell it's is Stampy? Who the hell is Stampy? He does Minecraft videos on YouTube. You don't even know. I don't know who Stampy Longhead is. He's made like is. a million pounds. He made this up. Of, no. Go and look it up on YouTube, right? He makes YouTube videos of him playing Minecraft, right? And he's made like a million pounds off of running around on buildings. And they're not even real buildings. Oh, no. Fair play. Uh, Stampy, Longhead is is a, that? Stampy Longhead is a real person. Joseph like, Garrett, yeah. Yeah, and he's running around, the, but they're not even real buildings. No. Like, it's Minecraft, so it's like, instead of, like, I even, don't even know the, looking... I don't even know the point business, that you're making. I'm saying it's like the difference between, like, you could be watching proper porno business with all the mucky dubbins going on, and going, oh, no, no, I fucking can't say. Instead, I'll just watch this bloke drawing a couple of circles with a couple of dots in. Right, can I just say, I'm you... Real, bro, I you am real, are, I'm you real, are, You are everything... That is wrong with this country yeah. at the moment. You, you are, uh, you are broke. What does egregious yeah. mean? Um, it's like a small owl. Right, get him off. Cut him off. He's an idiot. He's gone. Right. Sorry about that. Hang, oh, hang on a second. Get, hang on. Before you cut him off, um, Dennis. Yes. You wanted to speak to egregious, did you? I did not. I think what a twit he is. Honestly. Go you on. Tell him. He's there. Tell him. Cut me off. You don't half attract some rubbish, don't you? Bloody hell. He's De- Dennis, egregious, you're still on. I'm egregious. Hang on. Egregious. Egregious. Yeah, who is this talking to me now? Who are you? A 92-year-old crackpot who wouldn't jump off a building who's only two foot six. Honestly, oh, you're shit, absolutely... That'd be wicked. You're balmy. You're balmy. Um, listen, mate, I'll, I'll customise that in the Zimmer frame and like, I'll trick it out. But no, I'm sorry, you're, you're either drunk or a crackpot. Mate, I'm not the drunk crap pot one throwing around all the insult. I've been polite and respectful to you idiots. I'm not being polite to you because you're an idiot. You don't be polite to idiots. You tell oh, them to oh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, so, uh, mate, I can't help that. I know. You don't, you, you don't 
Greg, just Dennis is 92 years old, mate. Bit of respect. He didn't serve in the war. He, he was chickened out. But a bit of respect for him, OK? Chickened out, I served in the war. You did. I was in the Navy. How many Germans did you kill? I didn't kill any exactly. of them. Exactly. No. Right. Right. You haven't killed anybody, and I... I, I you um, have, yeah? Oh, good, I good, good. Oh, right. I have killed nobody. Right. OK. Dennis, final word to you. Yes, what do you want? No... That, that, Final word to me, I'm sorry, this fella is either drunk or a crackpot. One of the two. All right, egregious. Um, you're either drunk or a crackpot. You're certainly everything that's wrong with this country. You're a disgrace. Um, your parents are... What, what, do you, what does your mum and dad think of this? Oh, mate, my mum and dad, they come along sometimes. How do you like that? Cut him off, Cass. I don't want to talk to that idiot. Cut him off. Get rid of him. Absolute idiot. Idiot. He's everything that's wrong. He's everything that's wrong with this uh, this country. It is everything that is wrong with this country. He's broken Britain. He's an idiot. It's it's shameful that people like that even exist. It's disgusting that they think they've got the right to climb up our public buildings and also they're putting public. I told you to cut him off. My screen's not working. Oh, shrieking now. You've lost it, mate. I've not lost nothing, mate. You, you've, do you know what you sound you, like? Can I just say? Can I just say? Do you know you, what you sound you've like? You've lost it. You sound it. like a supply teacher, mate. Right. And you sound like, you sound, an, like you sound like a knob. Ah, oh, now you definitely sound like a supply teacher. You're, now you said, well, you're you all s- like safe swears. Right. Fair enough. <laughs> I can't cut him off. My screen doesn't work. I can't cut him off. Nice. Nice, he lost it. Will someone nice, cut nice. this idiot nice. off? He lost it. The bloke You're going to have to put the phone down, Egregious. Hello? You're going to have to put the phone down because my screen Hi. doesn't work. He's gone. Right, ads. Uncut after hours conversation for the up all night generation. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Stampy Longhead is a real person. I thought he was winding me up. He's a fella that plays, um,. Um, Minecraft. And Phil, do you remember we had the guy that phoned in the other day who um, claimed that he made £1,500 a month from playing video games on Twitch? I- I've had previous dealings with him years and years and years ago, right? Well, Bill's phoning in now, blimey. Um, and a couple of people, like a week after that phone call, said, yeah, I've been doing the maths, and, and that doesn't sound right. Really? You don't think he's getting uh, thirty grand a year? No, it's 1,500 quid a week, he was, I think he said he was getting. 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Let's all just calm down a little bit, shall we? Um, late nights with Ian Lee. I've got some cracking guests coming up. We were, Now, this is going to sound... Trust me, right? This is better than you think. Before the show, and we'll play it out next week, we recorded a fantastic 35-minute chat between me and Bernie Clifton. With no irony, no, it was absolutely brilliant. He was on top form, told some cracking stories, told some terrible, terrible jokes. Um, but it was, it was fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. We'll put it out next week. Um, and if you missed the Tommy Cannon interview from last night, which again was superb. What a lovely man. Um, 
You can download that as a podcast now. We put the best of yesterday's show out this evening and also the Tommy Cannon interview. You can get it on iTunes, type in Ian Lee, talk radio. Uh, you can also get it on Pocket Cast or your usual podcast providers. Good evening, Bill. Oh, hello, Ian. How's it going? I'm all right, Bill. I believe you called us while you were a little bit busy. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I was multitasking. Yeah, you were weeing? Yeah, Okay. Yeah. Genuinely as well, I think, um, Kath could hear the, uh... Oh, the, the no! People. That is a... That's actually abuse. No, no, I didn't mean it like that. Well, well, it's still abusive. No. Well! It wasn't creepy. It well! Creepy. Hello. Yeah, hello, Bill. Yeah, no, it's just, um, I'm just... This is a bit of a random game I want to play. Hello? Yeah, um, no, you you were you were talking. That wasn't the end of... That wasn't my cue oh, to no. start talking, according to the script yeah, I'm I've be, got. I'm, be, I'm being too polite, Ian, because people mm. usually talk over you, innit, so... Yeah, Colin, you ca- you got, you've got all the time in the world, Bill. You're my sister right. and Scott's favourite caller. Oh, that's two, then. Yep. You're yeah. my least favourite caller, so it kind of balances it out a little bit. I'm not your least. I'm probably, like, third or fourth least. You're something like that, yeah. Am I worse than Jonathan? The racist... Yeah. A bit. Anyway. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Here we go. Yes. Can you so, can you sing it, though? Um, I've got a bit of a sore throat. Okay, it'll sound husky. Away you go. <coughs> Honestly, I can't sing. Oh, God. Honestly. But you, well, that's what people like you for. That's like, um, you know, being um, Paul McCartney and not playing Can't Buy Me Love. Well, I'll just have to lump it, wouldn't All I? right, Bill, away you go, fella. He's, Bill's doing it Acapulco tonight. So, well, yeah, no, because I'm stalling, and I'm going to tell you why, because... I, oh, no, I, oh, no, no, this ain't going to work. What's I've just happened? Done. So, what I was going to say, yeah? So, more or less, I was going to... I'm watching something, and I've got it on silent. Oh, I'm God. listening to the show. No, you're not. What? What are you watching? Um... Well, eight out of ten cats. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a porno or something. All right, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, my God, as if I'd do that. Maybe ten years ago, I probably would have done that. Because <laughs> I um, am. Yeah. Sorry? Nothing. Because you have. Go on. Oh, what, did, is that when you used to phone up the... Um, no, the just get coach? to the point, you muppet. I'm stalling because I've pressed the wrong button on the TV. Because oh. basically, all right, all right, all right, I'm going to ask you whether you like these people or not. Okay. And then I'll, I'll say the same as well. Okay. All right, ready? Um, Josh Widdicombe. Don't know him. Do you, but I don't know him either, but I don't like him. Well, I don't know him. I don't, who is he? Is he what, what is he? He's like that little creepy fellow with a ginger <laughs> curly hair. I don't know. I don't, I don't watch TV, so I don't know these people. Oh, right, you'll know some of them. All right, Jimmy Carr, that's an obvious Yeah, one. I like Jimmy. I like him. He's yeah, Jimmy's, Jimmy's been very kind to me over the years. He, he seems a good bloke. He's a very, very nice man. And very funny. Well, I know who writes all his jokes. You? No, I know Paul Garner. All right. Yeah. Good friend? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Right, all right. You oh, feel okay. a bit lonely tonight, Bill? Because this is the sort of thing you play with the person who's sat in the same room as you. No, no, it's just a bit random. Usually I'm playing FIFA when I'm listening to you, but the cat's <laughs> playing up, so... Yeah. And I'm just, um, I've had a day off, and I've been on a cheat day, and I'm just, oh, I've really burnt these crumpets. Oh, they're lovely. <laughs> but, um, yeah, next one, Sean Locke. Um, pass. Oh, 
What happened? Uh, we just didn't... When I did... Listen, I did 8 out of 10 cats years ago, and Sean and I didn't get on very well. That was he a bit grumpy? Yeah, but... But everyone's entitled to a bad day, and I think he's a funny man. Yeah, he is funny. He is funny. And how was you behaving? Maybe you was rubbing him up the wrong way. I don't think I rubbed him up anyway. It was on the day of the um, July the 7th bombs. Oh, maybe he was worried. Yeah, well, it could have been. It, was, it could have been nervous. I don't know. There was a frisson in the air. That, that was a horrible day. I remember that. It was a terrible day, yeah. Awful. One of the worst days. I actually quit my job the day before. Suspicious. And I, I used to take that Piccadilly line as well, honestly. Really? Well, yeah, yeah. But, but, I, but, yeah, but it's like people saying after 9-11, God, I was in New York two years ago, that could have been me. You know, it's just... No, honestly, at that, say, at that time of day, I would have been on that train. Well, yeah. Because we, we, I used to change at uh, Finsbury Park, and um, I was working for my dad at the time. Do you know what Finsbury Park is, backwards? Um, I don't know. Crappy rub sniff. I'm going to write that out tomorrow. Yeah, you should do. Write that out. <laughs> write, write it out, out. tomorrow. <laughs> well, I'll be on the tube and I'm going to try and spell it because no doubt we'll be stuck there for about two minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, so, is this, where is this going? I don't know where this is going. Is this going anywhere? Hang on, let me bring Gatford into the conversation. Gatford? Hi there. I don't know if this is going anywhere. Bill, you've got me and Gatford now. Wagwan sexy. <laughs> That's where it's going. It's a long time since anyone said that to me. No, it's just random. I, I, oh, okay. You know, that's where it's going. Just it give, goes down all sorts of avenues, except for swearing and obscenities. Give us another um, name off the telly and I'll tell you whether I like them or not. Oh, you're right, this one. Rachel Riley, everyone likes her. She wears too short skirts on camera. I think though. she does. I think she. I yeah. think she needs to wear longer frocks. Fine on 8 out of 10 does count down. 8 out of 10 cats does count down. That's fine. That's Friday night. Everyone likes a bit of shorts going on a Friday night, but not at 2.20 on a weekday. Or whatever time it's on. What's wrong man? To be honest, well, I, I never see it at 2.20 in the... I never really see it in the afternoon. Well, you um, should. It's, it's not bad. Nick Hughes is pretty funny. I ain't got time. Yeah. It's about, it's about ten past three, I think. Well, so. guys, I don't know about the listeners, but better than that. Come on, I love Kathy Burke. I think she's absolutely brilliant. She's absolutely brilliant. Gatford, what you got for us? Well, um, I'm ringing up kind of to defend Catford, really, because I think it's taking a bit of a bashing tonight. Oh yeah, go on. Well, if I see this egregious Phil or whatever his name was on top of like Lawrence House yes. or the uh, the Broadway Theatre or the Catford Cat, I'm gonna throw. A Hang on, what the hell is the Catford Cat? It's the big cat outside the shopping centre. Google it. Is Catford named after a cat? There's two schools of thought. It's either cat or cattle. It'll be, it'll be cattle, you idiot. And for, Ford, no, now no, it's, no, it, Ford is like a little brook, like a little stream. Yeah. So it's a cattle stream. So the cattle will be led over the little stream no. to market. Yeah, it wouldn't be cats. You wouldn't be leading cats or... over a stream to market. There was allegedly a ford so that stray cats could cross the river. You absolute no, plum. I have no... No, it's, it would be cattle. Why would it... Why would it be cats? They've just... A bre- it is... would have been Cattleford. Cattleford. Then it got down shortened to Cattleford. Then it's Catford. There is a cat above the shopping centre, though, if you Google it. It should be a cow. Well, it's not. It's a cat. Yeah, a cow up your arse in a minute. If I find that egregious bloke up there, I am going to get my, um, 
potato spud gun out, and I'm going to shoot him in the arm and... I, um, we don't... Uh, make love Basically, at all. I'm not going to let make him fall. I'm going to put some sort of mattress... I, um, saw some kids, I saw some kids, and when I say kids, I mean like five and six-year-olds doing parkour the other day, and by parkour I mean they ran up to a bench, stopped, climbed up on it, ran over it, and then jumped off the other side. That is parkour. That is is well parkour. Thank you, Gatford. I'm glad we got there in the end. 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number. Now, I've I've approached a, a, a gentleman on Twitter, and he's not, um, he's not replied to me, so I guess we won't be, um talking to him tonight, but I'll send him a little DM because he started following me. But the front page of the Daily Star today, dear listener, Maddie went looking for her mum and dad. Now, I know it's sensitive territory, but um, it, uh, the, the reason this, this kind of, to me, feels like, you know, it's got a little bit more weight. Is, is that Mark Williams Thomas? We spoke about him the other day. Do you remember? We spoke about him saying he used to be a copper and he was the guy that, um, now he's a, a, an investigative journalist. And he's the guy that broke the Jimmy Savile story. And I, and I was saying last week, I think it was, when he says something, I'm always um, a little bit keener to hear what's coming out of his mouth than out of the usual people that are on television spouting off their bits and and pieces and it's just it, I, i'm i'm surprised that he's got involved it's, it's, it's such a murky sad desperate story um and so for him to say well hang on a minute i've been looking into this and here's the theory that i've come up with um seems to me to be absolutely incredible so we'll read through that later on and we'll bear in mind that it's only one gentleman's um uh, theory and 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 he was on this morning talking about it and you know, we don't know if it's true. And we'll try and, we'll, we're not going to do the whole show about it, but we're going to look at it because I think it's interesting. Um, and we'll, we'll tread delicately because whatever happened, a young girl, you know, is, has gone missing. And it's, it's, it's still a ridiculously sad story. Saying that, of course, of course, of course, of course, you're more than welcome to call in about absolutely anything you want. This is a, a, a late night phone in show unlike any other radio show anywhere in the world you'll hear stuff on this show you won't hear anywhere else in the world i'm going to sit here and talk i've got some bits and pieces that i want to have a little chitty chat about we'll read through that maddie story and and kind of scratch our heads about it a a a little bit but you're welcome to call in about any of the things i talk about or none of the things i talk about if that's the way you want to do it then that's the way you can do it 03444991000 is the telephone number 03444991000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call now is an excellent time to pick up the telephone why we ain't got no calls lined up i'm not one of those um uh, uh speech radio hosts that sits there and says well we got the lines are really busy we've got loads of calls lined up we ain't got any haven't got any it's up to you to change that, dear listener. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Late nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Talk Radio. By the way, if you wear your mobile phone strapped to your belt, as a man I saw yesterday did, you are a pervert. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Laugh me a laugh, grin me a grin And then I know that we can win Dance me a dance, joke me a joke And blow the clouds away You gotta play me a tune 
I'll sing me a song And we can help push life along Just you and me, come on and see Together we'll be okay Open the door, open your heart And then we got somewhere to start Just turn around, look what we found Today's a brand new day Love it, gotta love it. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Late nights with Ian Lee. You can listen to us online, of course, talkradio.co.uk. Or why haven't you downloaded the Talk Radio smartphone app? That's how I tend to listen to it if I'm not in my car. Little app for your uh, um, uh, Android or good phones, and you can listen to it on the move, guys. Actually, on the move. If you have a Rage Our Diary ticket now, please. Thank you very much. Indeed. So, yeah, I can't remember... Who was it I saw? I saw some fella. It was yesterday. What was I doing yesterday? Yesterday was Tuesday. I went for an ear test today. My ears, my ears are fine. My middle... They're, 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 they're getting close to being a little bit ropey. I mentioned hubbub. I said I can't hear in hubbub. And he said, yeah, it's quite, that's a common thing. It's a common thing. It's a common disability. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean it's any less debilitating. You know, um, um, not being able to walk is a common disability, but it's, you know, it's, it's still crippling, literally. Um, but, um, so with the, but I saw, saw a bloke yesterday and I was talking to him and I noticed that he had, and I haven't seen this since my dad, right? He had his mobile phone. He had one of those belt holsters for his mobile phone. And the thing about those is they take a lot of effort because you've got to thread your belt through your trousers, which is always just a real faff. When are they going to automate that? When are they going to make a robot that um, threads your belt through your the, the hoops of the... Uh, what are the hoops? What are the hoops called? There's a word for the hoops. It's not belt hooks. It's not belt buckles. There's a, there's a word for it the the where the belt goes there's not belt loops no there's a word there's an actual word oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number if you know it um so you've got to thread it through there and then you've got to pass the belt through the the leather pouch carrying case it's just the weirdest weirdest thing and you see it very very occasionally oh i know where it was it was in um it was in the hospital but it wasn't a doctor or a nurse we had to go to the hospital. It wasn't the doctor on us, because I know they still wear pages. Uh, doctors still have pages. Imagine that. Imagine, have you ever phoned up a pager? It's brilliant. You get to speak to someone and tell them a message. It's the weirdest thing. 
I mean, the old days were rubbish. Um, but I just saw this bloke with his telephone hooked onto his trousers, and I just thought, nah, that ain't right, man. That is, that is so unright. It's wrong. It's, it's kind of perverse. Very strange. If you know anyone that does it, 0344 499 um, 1000 is the um, uh, telephone number. I'll tell you one thing about that's been making my life feel a whole lot better recently. I've started deleting my tweets. You know, I have a very rocky relationship with Twitter, and, uh, and I do think in two years' time it will just be full of um, people like Paul Watson and, and, and his thick, um, racist, Islamophobic, homophobic, um, idiot followers. Um, and I've started this thing, and I did it just, I did it a while ago. I deleted all of the tweets. It was, it was year zero for my tweets. Absolutely no tweets whatsoever. And, um, I kind of got into the habit of like every, well, I've got, I've set it. You can set it using an app so that it will delete your tweets after a week. I've not found an app that will do it any sooner. Um, so I've got this app that said it to delete after a week, but I still think that's too much. So I'm just constantly deleting them. And it's like, um, it's like being really good at Tetris. You know, when you're really good at Tetris, you get it down to you've just got like three, la- three layers. It feels like that. It feels very cleansing. And of course, I'm not doing it to hide anything I've tweeted, isn't it? You know, and, and all of those tweets. They will exist somewhere. There'll be some way that the 4chan boys uh, will be able to hunt those tweets down. I'm absolutely sure of it. I'm not, you know, I'm sure someone will go, aha, I've, I've got your tweets and I can see all the embarrassing, yeah, whatever. Okay, that's fine. Um, but I find it really, really freeing. And I've now got to the stage where if I re- reply to someone and I, Either they either acknowledge the reply by replying or liking it, or I think they've had long enough. I'll delete that message that I've sent to someone. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. It's taken a huge psychic weight off my shoulders. My mind feels so more, so much less troubled as a direct result of deleting my tweets. The dream, of course, is to come off twitter forever is you know is to, is to it's like i've come off the heroin i'm now on the methadone program i get my script every day but i'm going into lloyd's and i'm getting my methadone and i'm downing it that's, that's kind of what i'm doing now and hopefully hopefully i'll be able to come off of that the methadone program and i'll be completely clean um but at the moment i'm happy with it and i had a big old clean up today after um last night wow and then, of course, again this morning, there's the, the gentleman I mentioned, Paul Joseph Watson. He's like um, he's like an agoraphobic William Hague who lives in his mum's house still, despite being a grown man. He has a map on his wall, so he's he's obviously intelligent, and he does. I mean, he's he's got four hundred thousand followers on on, on Twitter, um, which, according to him and his followers, means he's relevant and important. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Turns out the number of people you've got following you is it, 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 it shows how relevant you are in today's society. According to them, it's the same as, you know, saying, well, my my dad's bigger than yours, my willy's bigger than yours. It's it's that kind of thing. It's posturing. And um, he's horrible, obnoxious, Islamophobic, um, racist, um, arsehole. Basically, that's what he is. He's an arsehole. And um, I made the mistake of, of retweeting one of his things yesterday. 
Um, and, you know, making a snide comment about, well, I hope he gets, you know, how many writers is he going to have to, to write? I don't know, my little thing. And he, he, of course, um, he, of course, came in and started slagging me off. I remember you. You were relevant once in the in the year 2000. You're nothing now, old man. All this kind of stuff. And so as a direct result, I was getting dive-bombed by loads of his followers. And, of course, he's got 450,000 followers. So I was getting loads of them. There were pictures of the frog in there. They all say they live in um, Kekistan or something. There's obviously, there's obviously a meme or something going around. They live in Kekistan or Kekisville or something like that. It's obviously got made-up state where they don't allow um muslims or or gays i'd imagine i don't know i don't know i've not really looked into it because i'm not really that interested and so i i I retweeted a little bit with this this guy and um i mean the abuse the abuse i was getting from his followers um people saying well people libtard cuck snowflake all of that um people saying that i condone rape someone said you you must love rape you condone it so much you liberal i went what where where have i said you i'm con- where have i said i condone rape oh it didn't denying it just shows even more that you like it and i went i don't i don't like i don't i don't can i just say for the record and let's clip this in case this ever comes up again i don't like rape i don't condone it I'm not a fan of it the reason they're saying I like rape is because I'm not condoning Islam. They think that that, that um, all of Islam, all the male Muslims are rapists. What saying. Then I had someone else saying, um, uh, then I dropped the bombshell to some of them that I've been to Pakistan for three months and had a brilliant time and met some of the nicest people I've ever met. There were some dodgepots out there. Yeah, sure there were, but you know, I met some of the nicest people I've ever met. And someone said, um, well, you must agree with old men buggering young boys because that's what they do over in Pakistan. I went, um, yeah, I didn't see any of that. I didn't see, well, he said, well, and I said, I didn't see any of that because it's a lie. So, well, there's a documentary about it and they sent me a link to a YouTube video. But, um, here's the thing, guys. You know old men bugger young boys in this country as well, yeah? You, you know you, you know that happens. And apologies, apologies for the, the, um, the crude language, but you know that happens, yeah? You know that happens, right? And it's not a religious thing. I mean, it happens in the Catholic religion and the Protestant religion and the atheist. You know, it, it's not a religious doctrine that that's what you have to do. It's the um, result of a sick, warped mind that does that. So I didn't see any of that when I was in Pakistan. And um, then I had a fella. Oh, and I wish I'd taken a picture of what he said. I was re- replying to them quite a lot. Claire, I'll come to you in a minute. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Then I had a fella say something like, "You're an effing idiot. You deserve to be shot um, because you you you're, you're pro rape and pro Muslim." Something like that. Something like that. It all kind of blurred into one. And I clicked on his bio. Proud dad, love Jesus and my guns. Proud dad, love Jesus and my guns. And I replied, well, that's a very Christian attitude to take, brother. I remember that reply well. And he replied, well, you may not think I'm a, I'm a good Christian, but Jesus knows. 
And here's the thing that everyone was getting angry about. Because I didn't, I didn't, there's no point in getting in an argument with them, right? Because you, you're not going to win an argument. For them, it's about winning an argument. They have to win the argument. There has to be an argument. There has to be conflict. And they have to win the argument. Okay, so you can't, it's, it's a loaded dice. It's a stack table. You can't win there. So, I was just replying with, I love you. Peace, man. I love you. Hey, I love you, brother. And if they were sending sarcastic, sarcastic stuff, I'd reply, humour's important. I love you. Seriously. I love you. And I respect you as a human being. They went nuts. They went absolutely nuts. Their anger grew and grew. I mean, Paul, um, Paul Watson... Yeah, is the truth about Islam. Paul Watson, um, love is not a political argument. It's um, an abstract concept. I wasn't engaging in a political con- uh, argument, um, Paul Watson. I was saying I love you, man. I'm saying I love you. And they couldn't handle it. They got angrier, the Christians, the non-Christians. And this isn't an anti-Christian thing, because I'm not anti-anything, you know. I'm anti-bigot. But the, the, they got angrier and angrier and angrier every time I said, I love you. I love you. I respect you as a human being and I love you, man. They couldn't handle it. When has love ever solved anything? Really? Really? Someone said I condoned um, the six million Jews that had been killed in the Holocaust because of my um, attitude. I'm sat there, I was at home, I got home when I was going through them, and I woke up this morning and I was going through them, and and I said to them, right, guys, in the end I ended up blocking half of them and muting half of them, so half of them are, um, here we go, look, Islam is the problem, is grassing me up to his furor. You're currently being slagged off, okay, at talk radio, um, yep, yep, okay, Islam is the problem. <laughs> you're a racist asshole. You, you know, you're a nasty piece of work. They don't like being called racist. Oh, that's the real liberal libtard thing, resorting to calling me a racist. Well, do you know why you're being called racists? Yeah, you know why? I'll tell you. Because you're racists. Because you're horrible. Islam is the problem. You're counting to my listening figures, so that is beautiful. I, I appreciate that. Thank you very much indeed. Um, but just an army of unpleasantness. Imagine being so angry. So I engaged them last night. I had a lot of fun. And, I mean, the, the reason that I felt uh, psychically strong enough to deal with it is because my anti these new antidepressants really kicked in the last three days. And I felt powerful yesterday. Couldn't have done it a week ago. May not be able to do it next week. Um, but I, I, I felt powerful and, um, so I did it. And then this morning I looked and I replied to a few more and, 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 and someone said, Oh, you call me a racist. I looked at her bio. She supports Marine Le Pen. So we, uh, yeah, yeah, you're a racist. Um, anyway, I've, I've stopped that now and I've, I'm really going to make an effort this week for the rest of this week. I'd like to do it forever, but I'm, I'm going to really make a conscious effort for this week to, um, just spread love. And humour 
and happiness on my Twitter feed. I'm just going to see if that has a, 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 a more positive impact on my mental health and also the, the, the mental health and the, the, the spiritual health of the people that are around me. You never know. You never know. The great thing about Twitter is I've, I've, I've muted half of those people and they're still shouting at me and, 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 and they're wasting their time. Here we go. Deplorable Arthur. I don't know who the current R word on air is, but I'm back to YouTube until his leftard bile show is over. Not enough callers on. Deplorable Arthur. I've got calls lined up. Um, uh, uh, Arthur, you're more than welcome to join in, by the way. Although I, I would have to just, just watch your language. We don't really like the R word. I mean, the fact that you're, you're, you're happy to, to, to bandy that word around, which is derogatory to, to people with mental, um, uh, 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 mental problems and physical problems shows to me that you're, you're a, you're a twat. That's what it shows to me. Um, and that you're, you, you, you wouldn't have the guts to call in or the balls to call in because you, you can't construct an argument of, of anything more than 140 characters and using playground language. So that's not your problem. You know, you, you'll, you'll work on that hopefully and you, you, you'll grow. And I, I do wish you the very best of luck with that, Arthur. Uh, 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number. Claire, come to you after this. Late night conversation worth losing sleep over. Ian Lee. On air and off the leash. On Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Good evening, Claire. Hip, hip, hip. Hip, hip, hip. Claire, what you got for us? Oh, well, um, firstly, the more love you throw at them, the more hate they throw back. So oh. just Say that again. Off, isn't it? The more love you throw at them, the more hate they throw back. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that true? Isn't that funny? Isn't it funny? It's such a strange phenomenon. Anyway, I've given them enough publicity tonight. They're welcome to call in on three four 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 nine nine one thousand. They won't. <laughs> they just want to argue on Twitter. Anyway, Claire, what you got for us? Well, I was meant to phone you back about eight months ago, so I'm just getting around to doing it now. Yes. Um, we chatted about bands that we'd maybe not listened to for a long time or hadn't heard of for a long time, and I'd mentioned at the time the wedding present. Yes. Um, so I was meant to phone you back about a week later. I was meant to go away and listen to the album. Yes, you were! <laughs> this is me just phoning you back now. So when I came off the phone from you, I looked on Twitter, and I think your sister had just been followed by David Gedge at the time as well. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes. Um, so, similar experience for me, and then I realised that they just had a new album out. Well, David Gedge just got a new album out, and I thought, rather than spoil the, the kind of fun at the time, I saw he was touring, and he just had a new album coming out in September. So I bought the new album, listened to it for a little bit, thought, yes, yes. That, that sounds like what I remember, and I went to a gig in Guildford tonight. So I'm just coming back from it now, and it and, was amazing. And what happened? Fantastic. Was it good? Yeah, it was amazing. It was brilliant. It was everything that I remember. A very uh, distinct wedding present sound, but a more sort of mature approach, which I guess you could Because they're old. They're old. Every, everybody's, everybody's <laughs> old these days. Yeah, it was quite an old crowd. I mean, I'm in my 40s myself, but it was first time in a long time I actually felt quite young <laughs> in a crowd. So. Yeah, I'm getting and fewer and fewer of those days. Well. I'm getting fewer and fewer of those events where um, where I, I, I feel like I'm young. I'm, I'm generally kind of about average age now at these places, <laughs> which is terrible. Yeah. No, it was cool. It was a really good night. And, yeah, beautiful music. And um, 
he played a few of the old tunes as well. I think one of their, um, well, the original album they brought out, um, George Best, is the 30th anniversary this year. Yeah. Yep. So he's obviously making an effort not to play lots of the old tunes and focus on the new album, but kind of played a few of the old. Oh, I don't like that. When I go, when I go and see bands and they say, "Right, we're going to play the brand new album in its entirety," it's like, "Oh, geez, guys, come on, please give us the hits." Oh, I don't know. I was uh, quite glad that he did that, and because I made a specific effort not to listen to too much of the new album beforehand, it was all quite new and fresh when yep. I went to hear it live, yep, and I really yep. enjoyed that. Well, I'm glad so, you yeah, had a good time. Yeah, hearing How long... the old tunes at the end was nice, but actually hearing the new tunes quite fresh and hearing them play it live. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. How long is it going to take you to get home? Oh, forever. Oh. I'm nearly there neither. Okay. <laughs> right. Well, uh, Claire, listen, thanks for calling and giving us the update. Thank you. Cheers, my dears. Ta-ta. 344 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. You're more than welcome to. It's a bit quiet on the phones this hour. It does that sometimes. With the last couple of shows, we've had, actually, last couple of shows and last week, we had loads and loads of calls. Um, but this hour, sort of between about quarter past 11 up till 12, can be um, a little bit tricky shall we say, a little bit quiet, a little bit, um, well, you know, just a little bit, so if you want to call up, if you want to call up and just check in and say, do you know what? I'm still alive. Uh, you're more than welcome to do that. 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number if you want to um, give us a call. The Mail have got a weird, you know, like two weeks ago, everyone was doing the story about what you put in the fridge and what you put in the cupboard. Well, the Mail are only just doing that today. Why are they doing that so late? That's weird, isn't it? That's a strange thing to decide that that's what they're going to do. They just, they just put it out. But guys, everyone did that weeks ago and they decided they're going to do it. Um, but I tell you, the Mirror have got this this thing. They, they, whenever it's a, a, a slow news day, and it is a slow news day, there ain't nothing going on in the world. Mirror page eight. That's where you need to go to. The Mirror page eight. They'll sort you out. Um, oh, I've accidentally started following one of those people. No, 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 no. Don't, don't want to. Don't want to follow. Hang on a minute. Um, Oh, he's watching reports on Sweden. Dreadful place now. Used to be so nice. Okay, mate. You're, you're. Oh, dearie, dearie me. Let's have no more of their, uh, their horrible, horrible nonsense. Terrible, uh, terrible people. 20 vital skills to make life a piece of cake for your kids. Basically, it's telling you how to be a parent. All of this stuff seems like common sense to me. 03444991000. Many of us. Fondly remember our parents teaching us how to sew on a button or bake a cake. My eldest can sew. He he can darn socks and can um, fix things. And, and I can't. I can't do it. He can do it. But these days, when it is easier to replace rather than repair things, and technology has to- taken over many basic tasks, kids are failing to learn vital life skills. I got a feeling some of these skills ain't going to be so vital. Parenting expert Anita Clear says that working parent guilt often leads to people entertaining their kids rather than showing them how to do everyday chores. 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 
she adds, we have a little bit less of the make and do, make do and mend culture than we used to. Here's the thing. I mentioned Pakistan. You go to Pakistan and in the markets, um, they recycle everything. You know, um, like in radios, you get those little things that are wrapped with copper and stuff. They, they, they take the copper off of those and they use it for something else or they put the copper. They fix everything. You know, if you're, you've got a radio, right? You've got a radio that costs you 30 quid and it broke. You chuck it. Yeah. You put it in the bin. That, you take it into a market in Pakistan, they'll fix it. They'll go, yeah, yeah, I'm going to fix this. And they'll do that ultimate recycling. They have parties for that over here. I heard a, th- I heard a documentary about it on Radio 4. They have, uh, it sounds like fun parties, huh? But they have parties where you've got like a, you've got a broken DVD player. I nearly said a video recorder. You've got a broken DVD player, right? You chuck it away, won't you? The, the drawer stuck out or the drawer won't come out or one of the buttons don't work. You chuck it away because you can get DVD players in Tesco for 20 quid. But they have these parties where you, you, you go and it's, you know, it's at someone's house and there'll be like a radio specialist and electronic specialist and, and, but they're, but they're not professionals. They just do it as a hobby and you just go there and you go, is there, is there, who's, who's the guy that's good with DVDs? And they go, oh, that's Steve over there. And there'll be like a queue of a few people and Steve will be sat there with screwdrivers and soldering irons and a bag full of bits and pieces. And he'll go, right, we got a, a bush. Um, yeah, let's, let's, okay. And he'll have a go at fixing it. And nine out of ten times he'll fix it. That sounds like my kind of party. I could go and hang out there. I would love that. I'd love that. I'd be totally up for that. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. We'll go through this list in a minute. Missy, come to you after this. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Yes, Missy. All right, love. All right, love. I thought I'd ring in and say I'm still alive. I, I haven't spoken to you um, for years, uh, like six years, seven years. No, a bit less than that. Well, hang on a minute. I was, I, I well, um, all right, I'll give you five yeah. years. Hmm. So, what's, okay. so what's, what's going on then? Well, I was just listening to what you're saying about copper. Yeah. <laughs> that actually, <was> a... <laughs> hang on. You haven't, you haven't called for five years, and the, the, it was me talking about copper. Yeah, it's got its health benefits. If you look it up, right. it's actually really good for you to drink water from a copper. Oh, um, come um, on. Uh, come on. Come on. On, you're it? talking nonsense. No, I'm not. Come, I'm actually right for once. Come on, you're talking. You're like, I, I've Seriously. got this, um, I've got this Greek aunt, right? This, this old lady, she's absolutely lovely, Kavula, Kevi. And she wears this, um, this sort of, it's, well, actually it's not copper, but she wears this bracelet. And she says it makes her stronger. And her demonstration was, she took it off and she said, right, push my arm down. So I pushed her arm down. Then she put the bracelet on, bracelet on, and she said, right, push my arm down. And of course I couldn't because she was tensing her arm. And these people that wear these copper bands, because it's supposed to, it's supposed to stop them having cancer or something. It's very good. Just everyone that's listening, Google it. And I am right. You are wrong. It's not wrong. It's nonsense. It's utter nonsense. Let's not argue. Anyway, I broke my toe. (laughs) We break, (laughs) we, we break our little toes, um, approximately 20 times a year. And that's a fact. Uh, right. Do you want to know how I've done it? Um, you kick someone. 
No, oh. I'm not that violent. No, okay. Well, I went to get out of bed, my little toe got caught in the sheets, my body went one way, the toe went the other way and snapped off. Oh, hang on a minute. Do you want to hear something? I got, Go on. Hang on, I got my shoes off. Hang on. Violin? Is it a little violin? No, no, no. You're going to hear, you're oh. going to hear, hang on. Everyone be quiet. Here we go. Quiet. That's my toes clicking on that foot. Hang on, let's do it again. What? Hang on, here we go. Oh, hang on. You're such a boy. Shut up. Oh. You shut up. I can't. I think, I think I'm a regular. Well, that'll serve you right. The thing is, is it, uh, no, it didn't serve me right. Well, I was getting out of bed to go work. You, should, you shouldn't. You shouldn't be getting out of bed. Here's the thing: there are certain bones. There are certain bones they can't fix. Toe bones and ribs. You can't. You can't fix them. You have to just I let know. them. Um, you have to just let them self heal. Well, I've had a week and a half of just. Having my foot up, and I've got to go back Monday, so I've got to start walking on it. But let me tell you, yes, when it was hanging off, that Ooh. was pretty gross. Well, what do you mean when you say hanging off? Describe it was, right. So when I when it snapped, I certainly felt it and heard it. Yes, and I started playing with it, wobbling it. Oh God! Compared to the other little toe, the other little toe weren't moving. This yes. one was flopping all about the place. Oh, flipping it! That sounds yeah. It was pretty disgusting. And then. Um, it was displaced, so they had to pull it back into place, and that was pretty gross. So they what they yanked it and, and yeah, but they gave me gas and air, which is nice. I would love to have a leg or a shoulder dislocate. No, no, no! Oh, I'd disgusting. love it. I would no. love it, and I'd love for someone right. to 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 because uh, to do that thing where he says, "Right, hold your arm out." All right, he'll hold no. the arm. And he said, "I'm going to I'm going to do it in three because you know he's going to do it on two. Well, she just said, right, I'm going to do it now, because she was Scottish, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And I just oh, took that gas proper, and then she's yeah. done it, and I wasn't ready. So oh. I could have punched her, but anyway. You, you weren't copping enough of a buzz from the gas <laughs> and the air, yeah. the G and the A. Well, these things happen. <laughs> these things happen, Missy. Thank you thank you for calling. I'll speak to you um, in 2022. By the way, it's going. 0344 is the telephone number. So... Here are the top 20 skills that um, apparently we need to teach our children to give them rich, fulfilling lives. Um, what? Uh, let's, all right, let's see how many of these I do. Make a meal. Shopping for ingredients, preparing food and cooking healthy meals are essential skills to have. What? I, What? By the age of 12, children should be able to make simple dishes such as pasta and omelettes. Yeah, easy. Easy peasy. Well, I'm saying easy. I'm 43 years old. 44 soon? Oh, imagine that. Bake a cake. Baking is a great cheap way for parents and kids to spend time together. Oh, jeez. Thing is, you can buy cakes nowadays. And I, yeah, okay, you know, licking the bowl clean and the spoon and all that is fine. But why don't you just go and buy cakes? Do the washing up. Oh, gee. Our dishwasher hasn't worked for a year. Imagine, for an actual year, it hasn't worked. And we've not bothered to get it fixed. We've had to do the proper washing up in the sink of all places. I say we. There will be no one around to clean up after them once they leave home, so they should learn how to do it properly now. I can't believe there aren't kids that, that don't do the washing up. Really? No. 
I cannot believe that for one second. Clean a room. It is very easy, especially if you're suffering from working parents' guilt, to tidy up after your children. But that is not in their best interests. Teach them to dust, sweep and hoover, starting with their own bedrooms, and you'll have more time for fun family things. My boys love dusting. They absolutely love it. I mean, they're rubbish at it, but they're only seven and five. They're babies still. But they love it, because we've got a feather duster. And so they love going around doing the feather dusting and cleaning the windows. Not properly. You know, you still can't really see. When was the last time you cleaned the windows? We haven't cleaned... We've been in that house for four years. We haven't cleaned the windows once. And we haven't had a window cleaner come round. I wonder if... Because you get windows now that are self-cleaning, don't you? I don't know how that works. I've absolutely no idea how that works. But apparently it does. Um, but you get, uh, uh, we haven't had a window cleaner, I don't think. Unless there's one coming round and I've not noticed, I've been asleep when he's been round. We haven't cleaned the windows once. I hate cleaning the windows. It really is just the worst job of all time. Isn't it? It's, it's so, it's just so much faff. Because you got, if you just do the outside, then you'll sit indoors and you'll look at it and go, oh, look. Oh, no, it's all dirty on the inside as well. It's the only thing you've got to do the inside. Oh, it's oh, it's awful. I hate it. I hate windows. Five. These are essential skills. Man alive. What the, 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 Dull. Five. Put on a duvet cover and change the bed sheets. One day your teenager will thank you for teaching them this one, as will their future partner. That is a joke. Six, use a washing machine. I'm the only person in my house that knows how to use the washing machine. I have to do my own washing because otherwise I have come down and found my clothes. I've found whites in with everything and um, uh, uh, on like 90 degrees sometimes. And don't use the tumble dryer, the, the, the drying cycle on my clothes because it shrinks them. Too late now. All the clothes are too, sh- too short. Seven, hang and fold clothes. I don't think that's essential. I don't think that's really one of the great life skills that um, people need. No teenagers, it says here. Folding is not the same as scrunching. And your favourite top will not be dry tomorrow if you don't learn how to hang it up properly. 0344 499 1000. Late nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Unmissable late night radio with the original king of unconventional conversation. Make contact with Ian Lee. Late night Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, you can. We're on Periscope now until midnight, and I'm going to turn you off Periscope at midnight. So enjoy it while you can, guys. Oh, I should say, of course, don't forget you can get podcasts of this show. Um, And we were number nine in the podcast charts earlier on today. Imagine, imagine that, this little old thing. Um, And uh, we, uh, the way it works, I still get people asking me, well, when is the podcast going to come out? Um, So yesterday's podcast came out today about seven o'clock, both of them, the best of... And the Tommy Cannon interview. If you missed the interview with Tommy Cannon from Cannon and Ball. Oh, man. He was such a joy. Just such a joy. Um, 
So uh, uh, that came out today, about seven. And tonight's show, Best Of, and the Chris Difford interview, with the, with the two podcasts, they will go out tomorrow, which I believe is Thursday. Is that correct? Flipping heck. Um, at about seven o'clock. And then Friday's show, guys, anyone? Anyone? Goes out Monday. You see? You see? We've got some cracking guests coming up as well. We've got the fifth member of the Mamas and the Papas, uh, the third mama, um, coming on at some point, maybe Friday. We've got Bernie Clifton. Did an amazing interview with Bernie Clifton. Not same amazing because it was anything to do with me. It was him telling stories. Just banging on and on and on. And it was a joy. I could have sat there listening. To, we spoke about 35 minutes. We've got that. Um, tomorrow we've got Louis Barth coming on. Um, a name you may not be familiar with unless you like sweary people on Twitter. I'm going to destroy the snowflake. He thinks he's coming on to talk about his interview with Neil Shand, who's written for, um, name someone famous and funny in the, you know, from the 60s through to the 2000s. He's written for them. Spike Milligan, Bob Monkhouse, um, all those kind of people. Neil Shand. And he's interviewing Neil Shand as part of the whole city of, um, culture. He thinks he's coming on to talk about that. I'm going to destroy, I'm going to destroy him. I'm going to cuckold him. No, I'm not going to do that. Actually, that's a terrible thing to say. Sorry, I didn't even know where that sentence was going. I retract that immediately. Um, but so he's coming on. Um, we've got Mark Thompson, who's a brilliant scientist, coming on. If you've got any science questions, i tell you what would be nice, because my boys, uh, he, he does science shows for, for, for kids, but he's also a proper scientist. So my boys um, are going to record a couple of questions each. Kath, get your girls to record a couple of science questions. Um, and uh, let's do that, dear listener. You can call in and speak to him, of course, as you can with nearly all of my guests. Um, but if you've got kids and they've got um, kids or old people, right, we'll get priority. Kids or old people. If you know any children um, uh, or any old people that have got science questions, record them on your phone. Just asking a question for Mark and email it to me, ian at ianlee.com. Could you do that? Questions from kids and old people for Mark and he will answer them. Ian at ianlee.com. We've got um, Delightful Lady, who is a flat earther, coming on soon. We're just finalising the dates uh, as to when she can come on. Uh, So loads and loads of guests. We had a real little brainstorm the other day and... um, and came up with loads of people. Loads of people. So looking forward to uh, to that. And, oh, the lady from Babes in Toyland. And there was someone else I sent a cheeky email to. Who did I send a cheeky email to? There was someone I sent a cheeky email to. Anyway, doesn't doesn't matter. We'll see. Um, we'll see. We'll see, guys. 0344-499-1000 is... The um, telephone number, if you want to give us a call. Iron a shirt or a blouse? Why would you? Come on! I hate ironing, right? And I've got, a, I've got a big pile of ironing, right? And it's just sort of on the floor. And I've, got, I've come up with the best solution for it. I have the ironing board and the iron set up ready to go and a pile of clothes by it. When I want to wear a shirt, I pick the shirt and I iron it. And that's it. That's it. Because when, whenever I iron a shirt and then hang it up, even if I use spray starch, and I'm a big, I'm a firm believer in spray starch, especially if I'm wearing a suit. Spray starch on a shirt, beautiful, right? Um, but if I hang stuff up, it goes, 
it, it gets all wrinkled immediately. So normally if I've ironed stuff and I hang it up, then I get it out to wear it a week later. I've got to iron it again. So one thing at a time, baby. One thing at a time. Iron a shirt or blouse. Once you give them the basic safety rules, <laughs> this skill will prove useful forever. As looking smart when you need to is a real door opener. Imagine using the phrase door opener. That sounds... Do simple DIY. Really? Okay. Number nine, do simple DIY. Children should be taught how to fix basic things around the house. Change a plug. Yeah, easy. Hang a picture. I struggle with that. Because you get the hooks. You get the hooks from, um, you know, whatever. I don't know where you get them from. Um, Do you get them in Ryman's? Would you get the hooks in Ryman's? Where would I get the hooks from? Ryman's? I'd go to Ryman's first, and they'd say they didn't do them. and, And then I'd go to a DIY store. Um... But behind every picture I've ever hung, there are there's chipped plaster and about four or five holes where I've got the wrong height. Just got totally the wrong height. But then it says here, put up shelves. What? Put up, children should be taught how to put up shelves. Who's who's going to teach them how to do that? Not me, because I can't do it. I can't put up shelves. I have no way of putting up shell. I don't know how you put up shelves. Flipping heck. Show them how to use tools safely, such as screwdrivers and hammers, in case you were unaware of what tools were. And teach them key facts about electricity and water supplies. This has suddenly gone from things you can teach your kids to actual proper science. I don't... I didn't... We had... um Real problem with um, our water, right? All the water um, leaked out. All the water left our house because there was a leak in the street uh, on one of the water pipes that was supplying ours and a couple of other houses. So all the water disappeared from our house. You could hear it draining out of the tanks and the toilets and the... Well, not toilets, but the the, the radiators. So we had... um, Thames Water came and fixed it. But we still had low water pressure in our house. So they did something else and we still had low water pressure. And the guy from Thames Water, they were brilliant, right? The guy from Thames Water came and said, right, where's your, um, where's your mains, your main supply? I went, huh? He said, your main supply? And I, it dawned on me, I didn't have a clue. I knew where it was in the last house. I did not have a clue. Um, so we looked under the sink and we looked by the front door and we looked in the downstairs toilet, posh, and we couldn't find it. And I said, oh, I tell you what, it'll be in the survey for the house, won't it? He said, yes. Excellent. I said, right, I, I know where the survey for the house is. It's in our folder marked house. I'll go and look for it. So I went and looked in the survey and electricity, gas, water. And he said, right, water, mains water supply. This needs to be located as soon as possible. It wasn't even... Even the surveyor didn't know where it was. We found it, but it turns out our water... This is quite dull, but indulge me. Um, our water is, is wired up properly, incorrectly. They've done a bodge where someone has taken our water supply pipe, but just kind of like... 
glued it on to the, the, the main water thing in the wrong place. So all our water is completely sc- screwy. So we can't get hot water in our kitchen sink unless we've got the heating turned on. Very peculiar. Very peculiar. We won't get anything done about it. Number 10. 0344 Repair a bicycle puncture. Yeah, I could do that, but it's a faff, isn't it? You need spoons to get the tyre off. You need spoons and a bucket of water. And I just can't be bothered with it. No, we don't ride a bike anymore. Even if they dream a little bit of humour here. Even if they dream of owning a Ferrari when they are older, it is handy for them to know how to maintain a bicycle, just in case that plan does not pan out. And it could be handy if they use a bike to cut their transport costs. Oh, come on, number 11 is a joke. What age kids are are we aiming this at? What? What, what age are we aiming this? Number 11. Right, get this. Do car maintenance. Huh? The only thing I can do in the car is put the water in the windscreen wipers and change the light bulbs. Because for some reason, the light bulbs on my Polo go a lot. The front ones. I know how to change them. They're a pain in the ass, but I can do it. Knowing how to change a wheel. Oh, sh- I've got. That's why I've got AA membership, guys. Not so that my children can change a wheel, although it would save an absolute fortune. And check the oil levels. No. I know when the oil light comes on, I go and buy some oil, and I pour in oil until the oil light goes off. Seems to work, doesn't it? Will help them feel safe and save them time and money. Teaching kids how to wash a car is also a fun activity. (laughs) My boys do like cleaning a car, but uh, fun? I, I don't know if I could be so cruel as to do that. Number 12. Read a bank statement. <laughs> where is this from, Amanda Killilia? Who's, where, where is the? Oh, this is from parenting expert Anita Clear. Parenting expert. Just let those words sink in. Parenting expert, Anita Clear, um, says uh, we need to teach kids how to read a bank statement. Is, is, is that before or after we're playing Lego Batman, guys? Um, kids need some basic financial management skills to deal with their incomings and outgoings. Start with them totting up the pocket money, they say. Flip it. Fun, fun, fun. 13 sewing. Yeah, I'll have that. We do not have the same culture of mending things as we used to. But while we may not need to darn socks anymore, darn socks, everyone will have to stitch on a button or turn up a hem at some stage. No, not everyone will. I've never turned up a hem at some stage. Never done that. You go to the, you go to the dry cleaners. Dry cleaners will have a sign saying, um, uh, Taylor in Mondays to Thursdays, you take it in. Can you do the, can you just take these up? In fact, who takes trousers up? I buy trousers that fit. Because I'm not nine, and my mum's not buying them for me. You'll grow into that. 14, writing letters. Yes. 15, how to ripe a, uh, how to ripe, how to wrap a present nicely. I love my boys wrapping presents, because it is just 
a ball of whatever shape the present is, the wrapping will be a ball of paper and cello tape. And that is it. Make homemade ice lollies. That's a nice one. Yeah, okay, we'll do that. We do do that, guys. This is as simple as it gets. Some fruit juice, tap water, and a freezer. And suddenly, you're the most popular parent on the block. No, you're not, because Mum will do that, and Dad will let him play on the Xbox. I'm the most popular parent on the block, for crying out loud. 17. Hmm, controversial. How to apply makeup. Many young girls love to play with their mum's clothes and makeup when they're young. Once they are a little older, teaching your daughter about fashion and cosmetics can be a great bonding experience. I'm always surprised they don't have makeup classes in school. Because the number... I, I, I do find it incredible that, that um, young women know how to put on makeup. Because think about it, fellas. You wouldn't have a clue. You wouldn't have a clue. What's foundation for crying out loud? But they should have classes because not every woman gets it right. I mean, we were watching first dates the other day. Oh, flipping it. There were some shockers on there. In terms of makeup, it just it just plastered on. It was the weirdest thing. And the eyebrows. Hey. Number 18, descaling a kettle. Gosh, Anita Clear, you really are full of fun, aren't you? I don't know how to descale a kettle. When the kettle gets too scaly, we throw it away. Number 19, identifying plants and flowers. And 20, how to get stains out. (laughs) From carpets to clothes. The chances of getting through life without having to get an annoying stain out of your favourite fabrics is zero. You just might have to show them what baking soda is first. What? Don't you mean vanish? Get the vanish out. You get the vanish spray, and you spray it, and you leave it, and you rub it in, and then you leave it, and then you hoover it up. That's how you get a stain out, dear listener. Deary me. Another hour of this nonsense. If you want to take part, you're more than welcome to. Do pick up the phones. 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number. 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number. If you want to give me a call, you can call in about the stuff I'm talking about or you can call in about any old rubbish you want. Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. There's a boss that keeps on calling me Down the road, it's where I'll always be Just keep moving on Down this road That never seems to end When new adventure Lies just around the bend So if you want to join me For a while Just grab your hat Come travel like that's old style Maybe tomorrow I'll want to settle down Until tomorrow The whole world is my own Maybe tomorrow 
1000 is the telephone number. If you want to give me a call, you're more than welcome to. You know this is a late-night phoning show, unlike any other phoning show. I will sit here and talk until the cows come home. You can talk about the stuff I'm talking about. Or if you just want to chip in with... Eh, you can do. 03444991000. We call you back. Yes, Jamie! Uh, how do we say the hello to each other now? We could say hello. Really? Hello? We could say hip, hip, hip. Hip, hip, hip. There we go. You see, that's what you wanted, and that's what you got. That's what I want. The hits. Um, okay. Is, is it bad form yes. to steal a game from another well-known and very well-established radio show? Well, it, it depends. Is it from Scott Mills? God, no. Okay. Um, well, in that case, it's it's quite bad form. What? Who? Whose game is it? It's from I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue. I don't know if you've ever listened to it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that, yeah. It's the game where you pick a word yeah. and you give that word another meaning. Well, but you know all of that's scripted. Yeah, I know, I know. Right, but I haven't, got my, I haven't got my team of script writers. That's okay, because we can make our own up. Well, but, no. <laughs> what, <laughs> but, what, what, it's, 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 it's a very clever comedy sketch, but it's a sketch. They've got it all written out in front of them. You've obviously got one under your belt. Well, there's, there's, you can look them up, and there's several kind of well-known ones. Well, so you want me to, you want us to read stuff off of the internet? No, people can come up with their own, if we lead them with one or two. All right, well, I, I, um, I can't think of any. Okay, so I came with two prepared. I didn't do lots of looking up. And did you, did you write these yourself? No. Right. So you're going to no, read me some jokes. Com- you, you're going to read me some jokes off of the internet and ask other people to call in with jokes off the internet. I like it. No, no. But they've, they've got to try and come up with their own. Unlike you. Unlike me. Okay. That sounds. That sounds unfair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But it's doable because when I listen to the show and I listen to the game, I try and make up my own as well. So. Do you really? I yeah. um. I I I I I think they're clever and I think they're funny, but um, no, I never have because I know that they will have spent ages writing them before. Maybe not ages, yeah. but they'll have written them. I mean, they come up with them themselves. Well, do they? Well, I mean, yeah. What makes you say that? There, they sit there with their comedy writers, so they sit there, they write their scripts. They just have it to hand. Well, yeah, I suspect Barry Cryer does, but I, I also suspect there are other writers on the show and Tim Brooke Taylor. Well, Graham yeah. Garden's a really funny man. Yeah, but there's only so many of them that they could come up with. I suspect that, that they're given some of them by other writers. Oh, they must be, yeah. Yeah. God, we're the really, tearing, we're really tearing apart what is actually an excellent, excellent um, uh, radio show. <laughs> I, 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 miss, I miss Humphrey Littleton, but Jack D really does. Yeah, I'm glad, because they tried a few other presenters, didn't they? Rob Brydon and yeah. a couple of others, and I'm yeah. glad they settled and with Stephen Jack Fry. D. Yeah, no, Jack D's, Fry, Jack D's perfect. Yeah, no, Jack D's perfect. 
Um, Humphrey Littleton was um, was stupendously good on it, though. And his comedy timing was impeccable. And it's, I mean, it is filthy. Um, the, the jokes they make about um, the woman that's on it. Um, <laughs> Samantha. Samantha. Um, it, I mean, it's, ab- <laughs> it's absolute filth. Like, proper filth that they're coming out with. And yet it's not censored, and it goes out before the watershed. I know, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a funny old world, isn't it? Anyway, go yeah. on, what you got? Right, so the first word is disappear. Alright, okay, okay, and it's about, um, hang on a minute, I can do that. It's an Irishman showing off what his phone can do. <laughs> oh, see, you can do it. Hey! Disappear. Oh, Have I, a look I, at I w- disappear. Disappear. Yeah, it works. Yeah, we got. All right. Yeah. Or Jamaican. I, I was going to say to to insult a monarch. Well, peers, peers aren't peers aren't. Yeah, hang on a minute. Peers aren't monarchs. All right, uh, a lord. Yeah, to insult a lord. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that'll do. Yeah. Um, the second word was propaganda. Hang on a minute. Oh, it's um, it's how you help a goose that's broken its leg. Hey, that's not bad, is it? That's a good one. Turns out this is uh, easy. I was going to say when a co- when a Cockney bloke has a real good look around. Propaganda, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that, yeah, okay, that'll work. I think mum's mine's are better. Mine are much better. Yours, yours are much better. See, when you make them up on the spot, they're much better. Why aren't I on Radio Four comedy programmes? I, I was thinking this earlier. You'd be brilliant on just a minute. You would be wicked on just a minute. I do you know what? And I listen to just a minute. I think I could do just a minute. Oh, you'd be so good at it. Uh, yeah, I think I think I could do it, and I'm always a little bit um, upset that they've never asked me. Ask them. Um, well, they have their they um, they have their favourites, don't they? And they get the you know. But um, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna. They've um, had Russell Kane on there. They've had um, Russell Kane. They've had also Russell right. Kane on there. Did they? Yeah. Flipping. If they've so had you, Russell Kane you on there, easy. <laughs> Well, the thing is, I mean, Russell Kane is still famous. I'm not, I, you know, my my moment is is is, is passed. I think you underestimate no. your own no, no, no. celebrity, I and so. I also think you overestimate Russell Kane's celebrity. Well, no, but Russell Kane. Um, th- well, I I I think that some people, uh, some of my devout listeners, who I'm immensely proud of, um, overestimate my um, um, worth on the celebrity stock exchange. Um, but <coughs> Russell Kane, people, you know, he he was. He's he's still he's, he was never he's a big dream. Yeah, he's he was. He, I mean, he was rising, and I think he's risen as. Yeah. And I think he's kind of on the other side of that now. But he's you know he's, yeah. he's he's seen as young and thrusting. I think he lies about his age. I don't know if that's true or not. Actually, so I retract that immediately. <laughs> and he's just had a baby. He's a dad now. So yeah, good for him. He's a. I've met Russell uh, a few years ago. He seemed, he seemed like a very nice lad. Yeah, he seems like a nice chap. Yeah, he got any more. Um, no, I only, I only thought I'd give you two, and the listeners can do the rest. Jamie, they won't call in because they're all asleep, but thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'd be good at just a minute. I could do just a minute. That's the one where you have to, um, talk without, um, hesitation, repetition, or deviation. I think I could do that, and I sometimes get my, me and my boys play that. The boys love, this is the, this is the most fun you can have with children between the ages of five and seven. I don't know about beyond that. The yes-no game. Oh, they, we were uh, uh, queuing up for a carol service 
and as often happens, like, Rashid, I'll come to you in a minute. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. As often happens, all the kids kind of gravitated around me, and they were getting a little bit feisty. So we started playing the yes no game. Oh, they love it. They absolutely love it. And the best one, the best way you do it is go, right, we're starting now. I've started the clock. Are you ready? Yes. Boom! That's the best one. My eldest is is excellent at it now. He will always say, in fact, I might record him doing it. Of course I can. Do you like school? Of course I do. You sure? Of course I am. He does it and that's the tune. And sometimes he'll go to nod his head and I go, it's the best game in the world, the yes, no game, isn't it? I love it. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand is the uh, telephone number. If you want to give me a call, Rashid, you'll be up next. You could be on after Rashid. Late nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. About 45 minutes until the two mics start shouting at each other. Yes, Rashid. Ian, um, Rashid. I've been phoning in for about... I'm sensible, Rashid, today. Oh. I've been phoning in for about 10 months. Yes. Since the show started. Yes. And um, I've never really wanted to go down the line of Islam and civilization and the West and yeah. all this racism and all this. Your show is a bit of an escapism for me for that. But yeah. I, I noticed that it's kind of getting a bit more heavy on that subject lately. I don't know what the reason for that is. Maybe, I don't know, if uh, Trump and all that and all that stuff has got something to do with it. But I, I want to offer something to the listeners or yes. to people in general. Yes. I'm prepared to engage with people on this. Yes. If they want an answer from a Muslim, I've been a Muslim for nearly 30 years. Yeah. And I've had my questions. I've had to go and sort out certain things in the mosque and ask yeah. clarification because I've been, had misunderstandings and stuff like that. Yeah. And I've got the answer. And I've come to the conclusion, it's totally, you know, there's no hidden, hidden agenda, all these things. We just want to live as British citizens in Britain and we just want to get on with things, get on with work and get on with people. That's all it is. Okay, but why does um, why does everyone why does everyone why, why does ever why do so many people hate you? Um, fake news. Okay, well let me. Okay, all right then. And you're not. Let's just say you're not, of course, speaking for all Muslims because all Muslims are no. different. Like I can't speak for all all white middle aged men. You know. But um, okay, the things that, that where the controversy seems to lie: apostasy. Yeah. When people renounce Islam. And everyone yeah. keeps... We used to have this guy when I was at Three Counties. He'd say, right, next time you get a Muslim on, ask him about apostates and apostasy. Ask ask him. Ask him what they do to people who turn their back on, on the religion. Yeah. What happens to the people that, that leave Islam? What happens to them? In a, in, a, in, a, in a Muslim country, nothing happens to them. There's plenty of people in Saudi Arabia, yeah. the most austere, if you want to use that word. Yeah. And I'm only asking this because I genuinely don't know. So, I, so if someone were to to come up to me, and go, ah, yeah, but apostasy, and I go, well, I don't, I don't know what happens. So, I, I, you know, I'm at a disadvantage. So, Rashid, educate me. Nothing happens. Uh, what do you call it? Um, nothing happens to the individual. Yeah. From from the from like a, a govern, government government's perspective, like whether it's any Muslim country, Pakistan or yeah. Saudi Arabia. The government don't come and knock your door open and say, hey, you, you're an apostate or you've said this. Yeah. 
you're going to get your head chopped off. Or you don't pray, you know, we don't see you praying in the mosque, you're going to get whipped. There's, no, there's no choppy choppy. It doesn't happen. No. But individuals might take that upon themselves and go and drag somebody out. Like, yeah. You know, some extreme individuals might do that. But that's the whole point of it. The, the, the religion gets blamed for the acts of individuals. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, you know, I think the majority of people have realised that. I had some fellow, la- some fellow last night saying, you show me, I was doing all my love stuff. He said, um, you show me one example of um, where there is love in Islam. I said, well, all right, well, I grew up in Slough where there were loads of um, Sikhs and uh, uh, Muslims and um, Jews and all. The- and um, the local mosque used to go and do food runs for the homeless. I said, there you go. There's your example. He said, well, that's, that, that, uh, A, I don't believe that happened. If it did, they're the only ones. No, on, the, mosque, the mosque in Slough yeah. is the only one. Right, the mosque. One of the mosques in Slough was the only one in the world where they go and do food runs for homeless people. Are you nuts? A lot of that happens, so it doesn't it doesn't get reported for some reason. But the thing is, there's lots of Islamic charities, and the government, even the British government, have acknowledged. Have acknowledged. Yeah. The Muslims are the biggest givers Mate, you, of charity. Actually, you don't need to come on and do this, because most of my listeners are not the knuckle-dragging idiots. I know idiots. that, but I'm, I'm no. offering a service, because like, you're always challenging people to come on, yeah. right? They could ask a question... I will go and give them the question. Nah. Not from my knowledge. No, we don't, listen, the thing is, right, we don't, we don't need to do that. Uh, uh, we don't need to do that because uh, w- that means that, that we're pandering to the, to the Islamophobes and the racists and then we don't, we don't need to pander to them because, you know, Islam is a hateful religion. Well, no, it's not. You know, it's as hateful as Christianity is in, in as much as there are people within it who will do hateful things in the name of that religion. But that isn't what it's about. And we, I know that, Rashid, you know that. And 99.9 percent of my listeners know that hmm. so you don't need to do that well they've, they've got to catch up and the rest of them got to yeah, catch up they, i don't think uh, here's the worrying thing right here's, here's here's where my thinking is with this it's going to get a whole lot worse for a long time and i'm talking years before it starts to get better the, the it's, it's a wheel that turns it's a wheel that turns and right now it's turning and we're going into some very very dark territory rashid very well, i don't i don't think a world war i don't think a world war necessarily but i think it's going to get very very dark before we start to see some liberal sunshine again People are going to regret it. That's all I can say. They're going to regret on. it. Is that a threat? Are you threatening me? <laughs> what are you going to do? Wear a special vest or something? What the hell are you talking about? You're threatening no, me? Do... <laughs> I'm joking. If they don't do their research properly, like... Yes. Well, they're going to regret misinformation. I, they won't because they're they're idiots. They're idiots and it's, you know, they've got their, their views and they don't want it changed. But um, I do think, man, and I worry because I've got two young boys, but I do think that um, it's going to get dark, man, before the, before we start to see a little bit of sunlight. I really, really do. Oh, man, alive. Um, hey, i tell you what, this is funny. A bloke shot himself in the groin with a nail gun. Oh, no, hang on, that's not funny. That's a terrible thing. Terrible! There's a picture of it. Builder's nail gun cock up. Great headline, son! Well done. High fives all round. Let's, uh, well, let's go and get you some coffee. A builder accidentally fired a three and a half inch nail into his groin. Ay, ay, ay. Barely missing his manhood. Sam Reese, 22, was on site. This is our second building story. Uh, uh, in two days consecutive. That sentence almost made sense. I'm very tired all of a sudden. 
Sam Reese was 22. 22 was on site when he mistimed pulling the trigger of a hydraulic nail gun. The nail went nearly three inches into his body and just missed an artery and his cock. Incredibly, Sam claims he was not phased and got workmate Matthew Meager to take photos before driving him to hospital. Flippin' heck. Imagine! Shock Matthew, 30, said... The nail was pretty much through his dick. He wasn't crying or screaming in pain. He was dead calm. He wanted me to share pictures of it on social media. Hmm? Hmm? The accident happened as Sam was working outside Swansea. He... <laughs> oh. he endured an hour-long drive to A&E, where he was whisked in for surgery. Sam of Port Talbot said, He's Welsh, I'm Welsh. Welsh, I'm Welsh. Doctors said if I'd pulled it out myself, I would have bled to death. Hey, that's not bad, Anthony Hopkins, is it? Anthony Hopkins. Uh, my new movie, Silence of the Lambs. Doctors said if I pulled it out myself, I would have bled to death. I've been zamming stick from colleagues, but if you do something stupid, you expect it. Health and safety chief said the incident had not been reported. Hi, Chihuahua! Imagine, and you, and yet that woman wants us to teach our kids how to use those violent tools? Are you nuts? Nuts being the operative word uh, 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 as well, of course. I can't imagine anything worse. I can't go, I can't drill. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. I mean, I can drill, I, I can drill and I can make holes in the wall, but then how do you get things to stay in there? Yeah, I know roll plugs, right? But how do you get the roll plugs in there? Because the one time I tried to put up shelves, twice I've tried to put up shelves. So I made the holes using the right sized drill bit. Then I tried to put the, and they're, they're pronounced, it's raw plugs, isn't it? That's how you say it. I put, put them in, but the hole was too small. So guess what? I got a bigger drill bit and made the hole bigger. Then they would go in there, but then they had, there was no grip. There was no tension. So you'd then put the screws in, and of course they were just like flappy and hanging about. The worst shelves in the world. I couldn't do it. I, 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 I can hammer in nails, just, and I can hammer in the special nails into um, uh, exterior walls. You need a special nail for that. It's got a, a fine point. I can do that. Everything else... Not a clue. I remember once trying to decorate a room, I was, uh, and it took me like six weeks to get absolutely nowhere with it. I mean, I was steaming drunk, but it took me six weeks to get absolutely nowhere, and I spent ages trying to. It was, um, you know, if you've ever been in in a, a, an old sort of London townhouse with the Victorian doors inside, and they were quite ornate these these panelings. And I was trying to strip that. Of course, I should have just taken it off and taken it to a builder's yard and got it put in a pile, you know, get it dipped, is what you do. I spent a week trying to strip this thing and I, had all, I was getting burnt with my fingers. Were getting, oh, absolute nightmare. What up? And I vowed, I vowed that day that I would, uh, uh, I would only get decorating work done when I could afford to pay 
a man. And I didn't, I got a team of decorators in to decorate that room and I lied to them. They came in and went, what a mess. I said, yeah, we've just moved in and the previous owners left it like that. And they went, that's terrible. What idiot? I said, yeah, no idiot. And inside I was dying. You know, inside I felt crucified. What idiot would, look at, and they were laughing, you hear them laughing and pointing out and all of that. And I was going, yeah, I know. Um, here we go. Look at this. Are fitness apps ruining your life? Uh, <laughs> well, I've given up on my couch to 5K. I gave up on that a long time ago. And I only got as far as 3.5K. And I haven't been to the gym for a month. But when this cold shakes, I'm going to try and get back into the gym. But these metazapine, flipping it, they just, they just make you um, a bit lethargic. They make you very lethargic, to be honest. Britain! has become hooked on healthy apps and gadgets designed to tell us everything from how many calories we've just eaten to how good our sleep is. Um, More than 3 million fitness trackers, such as Fitbit and Jawbone, are sold here each year, costing anything from 10 quid to uh, over £200. Really? I don't... Fitbit's the little, like, black wristband, isn't it? I don't know what they do, though. More, uh, uh, there are approximately 165,000 health apps available to download, and millions of smartphones already have them installed. Oh, yeah, I found out my, my, um, my, uh, iPhone has got a health thing on it, and I didn't notice it. Here we go, health. Welcome to health. Um, oh, no, maybe it's, I thought I, I thought it was set up because I got it to measure um, how many steps I was taking. But then I got bored of it. It was just boring. So you're taking this many steps. Oh, how does it know how many? My wife's got a watch that tells you how many steps um, you've, uh, you've you've taken. And, and my boy was wearing it. And I, I, and I was one. I was going, how does it know how many steps you take him? Um, um. It, but it does. And I got him to shake his arm and it didn't do it. It didn't go up. And then he took some steps and it went up. And I was thinking, how does it do? How does it do that? Is it, can't, can't be GPS. Because it wouldn't be accurate. Um, maybe it, I don't know. I don't flipping know. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. Yeah, I'll read this in a second. Late nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. So these fitness apps, 0344, 499, 1000, by the way. These fitness apps. I don't get it because I know when I'm unfit because I get out of breath when I go up the stairs. And I know when I'm overweight because I feel fat and I'm overweight now. I know these. um, I know this. So I don't know what the fitness app is supposed to do. When I I go to the gym, I feel a bit better and I lose a little bit of weight. That's all I need to know, really. Apple's health app monitors everything from uh, walking and cycling to nutrition and sleep. Google Fit on Android phones offers similar data. Meanwhile, our streets are packed with calorie-conscious folk Mm. determined to take the 10,000 steps each day. Our snazzy wrist gadgets tell us we simply must do to stay fit. 
but despite the good intentions, is our obsession with health technology damaging our health? What? Oh, so it's a question. I thought it was, um, I thought they had, uh, hard evidence, hard facts that that's what was going on. The booming en- industry was thrust into the spotlight this week following claims from one leading expert that most apps and trackers had no real evidence base for their use. What? People are spending money on a load of old bunkum? Who'd have thought it? Dr. Greg Hager, an authority in computer science, added their one-size-fits-all approach could be harmful. At a conference in Boston in the United States, he tore into the central premise of gadgets, such as the hugely popular Fitbit, which demands you walk at least 10,000 steps a day. He said there was no evidence walking that far was any good. What? He said, Why is 10,000 steps important? It turns out in 1960 in Japan, they figured out that the average Japanese man, when he walked 10,000 steps a day, burned something like 3,000 calories. That's why they thought the average person should consume. That's what they thought the average person should consume. But So they picked 10,000 steps. But is that the right number for any of you in this room? Who knows? It's just a number that's now built into apps. Yeah, but it can't hurt to help you, encourage you to walk a bit more. We, we should all walk a bit more. You know, I mean, that's, that seems to me pretty obvious that, you know, you should all walk a little bit more. And, you know, I mean, it's boring and we all drive or get the tube nowadays, but walking's a good thing. Imagine everyone thinks they have to do 10,000 steps. Oh, here we go. But you're not actually physically capable of doing that. You could cause harm or damage. Well, that's just stupid, Professor. That's just nonsense. Because um, if people aren't physically able to walk it, they're not going to walk it, you muppet. Um, One woman who agrees is Lauren Westmore. Um, Single, single, single... (laughs) Single Lauren, 27, who works in marketing, says trying to hit 10,000 steps a day left her badly hurt. She's a Muppet then. Lauren of Camberwell, London, said, I became so obsessed with my Fitbit, I upped my exercise regime to 10,000 steps a day, seven days a week. That's the equivalent of running five miles a day. What? How have you worked that out, Lauren? After about a year, I ended up with a highly inflamed ankle. All the running had aggravated... Well, no, hang on. She's saying that she ran the five miles a day. What? All the running had aggravated an old injury. But even with a painful ankle, I felt I couldn't stop. Well, Lauren, I suggest you're a massive plum then. That's not the Fitbit that's making you do that. You've worked out that walking 10,000 steps is the equivalent of running five miles a day. So you're running five miles a day, and then you've you've hurt your foot, and you've decided to carry on running five miles a day. Well, that's just nuts. Lauren was a classic example of someone exhibiting obsessive and neurotic, neurotic behaviour directly linked to their tech explained sports psychologist Lindsay Woodford. She says constant feedback... 
can lead to obsessive and neurotic behaviour. Not for me, it don't. That Couch to 5K app, it would say um, halfway through it, you're doing great! Or if I hadn't run for a few days, I've deleted it now. If I hadn't run for a few days, hey, why not go for a run today? You deserve it. Deleted it. If people don't get the results they want, it can lead to isolation. Users become withdrawn and miss social occasions because they want to hit their step target. <laughs> Depending on a gadget for feedback can affect self-esteem. And, uh, if they, don't get, they can feel bad about themselves. Well, I mean, fair play. It's The Sun. It's Britain's greatest newspaper. But, um... <sighs> This story sounds a bit like bullshine to me. And there's a doctor saying stuff. And then there's nutritionist. Uh, uh. Well, then Dr. Steve Mann, research director at some website, says people eat junk food as a reward for hitting 10,000 steps when they're still falling far short of the minimum exercise levels needed. Well, that's, everyone does that. You go to the gym, you go, oh, I can have a bag of chips. We all know that you can't have a bag of chips and go into the gym if you want to um, become svelte. We all know that, but people do that. Um, Fitbit responded. Here we go. Fitbit. By saying its devices are not intended to be scientific or medical devices, while Jawbone said, "I don't, I don't know what this Jawbone is. I've not seen this. I don't need to see it. I'm sure I'll be all right without knowing." The device tested used older technology. Many high-tech trackers and apps have now been developed to help you monitor your sleep patterns. There's a setting on my um, phone about about sleep, um, and uh, where is it? Where is it? Sleep. Um, Oh, I don't know where it. Oh, oh I can't find it now. I've deleted. I think I deleted that as well. But there's an app on there that um, reminds you when it's time to sleep. It's time to sleep when I'm when I'm tired. When I am tired, when I get home, I read for twenty minutes and then I go to sleep. But here's the thing, right? Here's the thing that, that smartphones and apps and computers have done. They've made us stupid. People are stupid. I'm stupid and you're dumb. And we need computers to tell us what to do because we're as thick as anything, man. We're really thick. We've allowed ourselves to become stupid. Uh, many high-tech trackers and apps have now been developed to help you monitor your sleep patterns. They promise a lot, with some even claiming to measure the time you spend in each phase of sleep. That doesn't mean anything. But again, the results are be to, take them, uh, to be taken with a pinch of salt. Sammy Margot, author of The Good Sleep Guide, yeah. believes we've become over-reliant on technology. She says, we've lost our intuition. <laughs> Sometimes we have to change the variables. Cut out caffeine rather than uh, looking at the tracker. She wants us not to use technology, but to read her book, which is just as dumb as using technology. I'm sure her book is an excellent book and well worth every penny if you go and buy it. But, 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 if you need a book to tell you how to get to sleep, turn, you go to bed, uh, have warm milk, um, and uh, leave your phone downstairs. There you go. 
Go for a long walk. Yet despite the concerns, many personal trainers still agree that tech is a great way of getting people active and saving a fortune on costly gyms. My gym, 20 quid a month, I can cancel it any time I want. And it's a 24-hour gym. That's weird. 24-hour. And I, when I joined, I kind of thought, yeah, you know, I might go to the gym after the... I'm not going to go to the gym at 2 o'clock in the morning. What the hell goes on there? Imagine the type of people that are there. Oh, with their micro penises shriveled by their um, huge uh, intake of steroids. Celebrity trainer. Hmm? What? It's like celebrity chef, yeah? It means nothing. Celebrity trainer Lucy Wyndham Reed said, These days we lead such sedentary lifestyles, so gadgets like the Fitbit are a great way of encouraging you to get up and move about a bit more. It also means you can be more active without having to put on your gym kit. You can make yourself be more active at home or in the office. Here's what you do in the office. Instead of sending an email to the person who's six desks away, get up and walk the six desks and talk to them. And then go and sit back down. Do that, you lazy fat gits. What a load of old guff. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Late nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. I'm not going to give out the phone number because no one's calling in, and that's absolutely fine. But 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 but, um, I, you could help me with something. I have be- started to become obsessed with um um sort of documentary series that were on at the turn of the century, and I've just finished watching series one, only series one, because series two is is a load of old tosh of um, a place in Greece, which follows these um, this uh, these two gentlemen, this uh, couple. And they're friends, and they um, they have this dream to to buy a plot in Crete and build this house and all that. And if you've not seen it, it's absolutely brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Uh, some of it's staged, but it's very very funny, and it's it's a complete car crash. But they eventually get their place built, and I got obsessed with this when it first came out, to the point where uh, my wife tracked them down. And got them to send me a birthday message one year. I was so thrilled. It was brilliant. Series two, I don't think I got past episode one in series two because it was all staged. And this is before your Towies and your, um, your Made in, in Chelsea's and The Hills and all of that stuff. Before that, guys. Comp- years before that. So it was groundbreaking stuff, but I didn't like series two. And it's all on YouTube. So I watched it and I loved it. And I'm trying to find the entertainers. It's not on YouTube. There's a tr- there's the trailer for it is on YouTube, but it's not on YouTube. About ten years ago, made by Louis Theroux's production company, and it followed Bernie Clifton and the Crankies and Leo Sayer, possibly Paul Daniels. I'm not sure. And it followed them around, and it was wonderful. It was a bit. I thought it was a little bit mean. I, I, I talked to Bernie Clifton about this, and I thought it was a little bit snarky, but I enjoyed it. It's not on YouTube. Which is a a, a pain, and it, it's not on DVD. So if anyone knows where that is, then uh, let me know, ian at ianlee.com. Two more things, Eddie. Now, there was an estate agent, uh, there, there was a, a documentary about estate agents in North West London, West Hampstead to be precise, and I know that because um, I used to have to meet a friend in West Hampstead every week, eh? And um, we parked outside 
or just around the corner from the main estate agents that was featured in it big glass window and it was a do- it was a kind of documentary type thing six week thing and it followed these estate agents around and of course they came across as utter utter plums and i cannot this thing happened it went out probably bbc2 i would imagine um i can't find out what it's called and i can't find the series at all anywhere and i may am i the only person i tell you what i will give up the number in the vain hope that someone listens going oh yeah i know i've got it on vhs somewhere am i the only person that ever saw this program oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand it was brilliant a brilliant another series that was so good that we used to pass it around on bootleg videotapes the big shop the big shop was um another one of these series um that was based it was filmed in this shop that i think's in devon sort of near barnstable um because i've got a mate from there called trago mills and it was owned by this sort of rich, eccentric character who... And he had, like, um, statues and stuff in the thing. And the, the the big shop is brilliant. Right. These uh, these series are great. There's another one um, that's a bit later about this couple that worked in... Was it they work in a double glazing firm or something? The Andersons or the... There's the, the something. I don't know what they're called. But here's the one I'm digging at the moment. I'm only four episodes into series one. I think there are three series. And I saw bits of it when it went out. I think it started about 1999. Uh, and they did three series. And I saw a few, but perhaps not um, as many as... Um, I saw a few, but not as many as I remember. Paddington Green. And it is... Oh, it's brilliant. I'm just doing them back-to-back because they're 24 minutes long. They're all on YouTube. I'm just doing them back-to-back. I'm sitting in Costa watching episodes of um, of, of Paddington Green. And I really... I mean, the the guy that sells the wigs. Ay, ay, ay. And he's got in his basement, he's got secret um, lotion, the, the anti-aging lotion. Oh, it's, in, oh, it's incredible. Not to be confused with Mr. Trebus from um, A Life of Grime. That's a different thing which I will start watching once I finish this. But there is um, a woman in there, a transsexual, called um, uh, Jackie McAuliffe, right? Jacqueline McAuliffe. And I'm really trying to track her down to see if she'll come on the show. Because I know that if you've seen that programme, she'll be the character that you remember. She's certainly the character that I remembered. And I was talking about it on Twitter, and a lot of other people went, oh, yeah, 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 I remember the... the... She was working as, a, as a, an escort, and I believe... That she she's released a CD because she's a brilliant pianist as well, and I've looked, and I found her up to 2011, and then she seems to kind of disappear. And I found a few Jackie McAuliffe's on Facebook, but I don't think that they're her. I've put, sent in a couple of friend requests because some of them are keeping some of their information hidden. So I've sent in a couple of friends requests, and I'm I'm I, but if anybody knows. Um, Jackie McAuliffe, I should do this at the top of the show when people are actually listening. If anybody knows Jackie McAuliffe, who was in Paddington Green, man alive, can you, you know, just, just suss her out and see if she'd be up for coming on the show? Because I would, I would be fascinated to see what she made of the experience of being on the show. Uh, 
And also, what the heck she's been up to since? Shall I play you the most beautiful bit of music? This is a, a strange mix of it. Have some of this. It's not going to work. We've got to sort out that lead, because the distortion on that... I was going to play you a lovely Beach Boys song to end up, but the distortion on that is absolutely um, ridiculous, so we can't do that. Never mind. It doesn't matter. It means I can tell you a bit more about Paddington Green. If you've never seen it, it is the... It is just fascinating, and it was kind of quite innovative for its time, um, in that there weren't too many of these things. And you follow all these people around... So Jackie McAuliffe is the one I'm particularly interested in. The, the guy that sells wigs, I mean, I imagine he's dead now, because this was like two, 1999, and he was 85 in that. So the, the odds of him still being around are pretty slim. But he's got this uh, th- th- this wig shop, and he, he, he can go weeks without customers. And then one episode, and I think this one's a bit staged. I got the feeling this was a bit staged. It's not busy. You're allowed to stage things back in those days. But this woman goes in and she wants a wig. And he starts talking about her massive ears and her huge nose. He's going, well, you know, you want something that's going to cover over your really big ears. And if you you need a fringe to um, to hide your, um, your big nose. And um, she ends up leaving with the most atrocious uh, wig that you could possibly imagine. And he just shoves it in a plastic bag. He just shoves it in a plastic bag. It's terrible. Um, But I I suspect that bit may... I suspect there may have been a little bit of uh, the old stageroo going on there. Um, And there's... um, There's this guy as well. He's a... um, um, What do they call it? A bus conductor. And there's this, he keeps getting told off for where he wears a cap, right? And he keeps getting told off for having his cap um, back to front, but not told off for chewing gum all the time. And he's there going, and the the, the boss is just, just like, you've got to take that. You've got, if you're going to wear the cap, you've got to wear it facing the front. You're a grown man now, and he's there going, yeah, okay, doing that. It's like a different world, and I don't know that area of London particularly well, but I, I kind of drive past it from time to time. Um, and even though it's only 1999, 2000, it's like a different world. Because you were allowed to smoke indoors then, for a start, so everything's a lot smokier. Um, and there are people smoking indoors. And the cars, I mean, what is it, 18 years ago? The cars look a whole lot... It's, it's weird, I remember the turn of the century being kind of, you know, the size of the computers, the massive screens on the computers. It's incredible. Um, and it's just, you know, it's like a different world. They say the past is like a foreign country. Well, it certainly is. I thoroughly recommend it. If you get, you get some time, it takes two episodes for it to start 
working, I found, uh, uh, um, uh, Paddington Green. It takes two episodes to uh, get into its stride, but it's well worth it. I'm going to cane the whole thing. Uh, probably not tomorrow because I've got the boys, but maybe at the weekend. I don't know. I'm going to do the whole thing, ma'am. But Jackie McAuliffe, if anybody knows where she is, if you can drop me a um, suitably discreet email, um, then that would be wonderful. Ian at ianlee.com. Don't forget, we've got live shows coming up. Um, if you want to come and see them, I'm uh, performing Ian Lee versus live, uh, Ian Lee versus radio uh, at um, Birmingham at the Glee Club on June the 4th. If you go to the Glee Club's website, guys, you will find out how you can get tickets. That's it, dear listener. We'll be back tomorrow with uh, Louis Barth talking about Neil Shand and um, all kinds of other bits and pieces. I don't know what we're going to get up to. Until then, from us, ta-ta. Talk Radio. Digital debate for the UK. Pick up your phone and talk radio. We'll get you talking.